Hey, everybody, before this recording starts, I just want to uh, throw a little mea culpa out there. Um, major issues with recording this week. I don't know what happened. Um, we couldn't hear it in our headphones, but the, uh, the the hard drive that was recording obviously was lagging behind. So there's lots of clicks and pops. And in fact, it was running at extra speed. I had to slow it down. I tried my best to heal it and, and, to, and to fix it, but I, I, there's only so much I can do um, with the audio being so messed up. Um, you know, I, hopefully I'll be able to do some stuff as we go along, maybe during the week and try to fix it, fix it. But I wanted to get some version out to you. I always also record a backup, uh, you know, through online. I, I stream, we stream to Google for Patreon. I use that as a backup file just in case the internet crapped out at a certain point at my office, um, where I record. And so we lost that about an hour in. So the first hour you'll hear, it sounds a little bit, um, low quality, but it's very, it's at least clear and no clicking and popping, um, the first 40 minutes or so, uh, which is, that's the backup file. The, but after about that, the file failed as well. So then the, the, the preceding two hours after that is, uh, is, you know, I don't think it's impossible to listen to, but it's definitely not up to uh, our standards, and uh, I apologize for that. Um, I promise you next week we'll be, we'll be back uh, regular. It sucks that it happened this week. It was such a big week. Um, so you know, I hope that you guys can listen to it and, and, and be cool with it. Um, if not, I'm really, really sorry um, about the quality, and uh, we'll do our best to make sure it never, ever happens again. Um, so without further ado, here is... Uh, Talking Comics, issue 227, Batman v Superman review. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 30th, 2016, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle. I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Hey. And Mr. Joey Braccino. <laughs> live. Live, and I'm here. Whoa. What's up? What is going in on? In the house. It's crazy town going on right now. They kidnapped me, guys. <laughs> Brought them all the way from Jersey City. <laughs> yep. Uh, we are seeing Joey Pacino's face while he's talking, which is a first. Strange. It's a strange thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you got to love that mic a little bit, Joey, when you talk. Oh, I'm loving it. Yeah, right love it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You got to love it a little <laughs> bit. Uh, yeah, so Joey, uh, how's it going, man? You're on spring break right now, right? Yeah, man. It's been a crazy month doing spring musicals and braiding and all that, but I figured I'm on spring break. First show back in a while. Yeah. I'll make the drive. Yeah. yeah. I'll make the drive. We appreciate it. Sat on that LIE for like 17 hours. Oh, oh man. That's a bad one. <laughs> Here I am, guys. World's longest parking lot. Yes. GPS kept saying like, there is an accident. There is an accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, what? Do, do people not know how to drive out Did here? You came, no, you came not. out yesterday? No, no, no. Today. Today? Oh, yeah. well, I saw that nonsense all yeah, the way yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was intense. I was glad to be on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, bad times. Uh, so, anything else crazy going on for your spring break, Joy? 
no, no, yeah. just chilling out, trying to catch up on everything. My my DVR was like 17 episodes of every show, <laughs> caught up on everything the last couple of days. There's been some really great stuff on TV the last couple of weeks, so it's been cool. Caught Grease live a month Ooh, and a half after everybody else. Live. Great. It's still live so, if you're yeah, seeing it, it for the first time. Absolutely. So how well, was how was that Flash Supergirl joint? Oh my god. Awesome. <laughs> the best the best hour of TV I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was there's and I loved the thing I loved was something happened in the show. And then I went on Twitter because I was like, I need to tweet about this. And they had already made a gif <laughs> of that moment. And I was like, the internet is wonderful. Yeah. Like within five minutes, the gif existed of that moment from the show. It involves ice cream. I don't want to talk about it. It was magical. It was oh, magical. Yeah. It was joyful and wonderful and funny. It was mm-hmm. spectacular. I love the show. Mm-hmm. Um Bob, you, you watched it. I loved it. There are so many smiles to be had. The characters, as well as you as the audience, sensational. That's awesome. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't been up with the whole Supergirl business. I will definitely watch this episode, though, because I am up with all the Flash business. So. Yeah, I'm caught up with the Flash. I think I'm maybe too behind for a Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely watch that, but you I'm glad. You get enough flashbacks early. They do what happened previously on Supergirl. Yeah, I'm not really worried kinda, about the yeah. like the continuity kinda, issues. Yeah. I'm I'll watch it. And I'm sure there'll be some I don't understand, but I'm sure I'll be able to guess with <laughs> with, yeah. with a lot of what it is. One big one. Okay. Yeah. The the Lucy thing is very mm. different. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll that'll be shocking. But mm. also season one. I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Twelve episodes or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's not hard to catch up. Yeah. Now, what I want to know, Joe, you're doing all this grading, highs and lows of your grading. Are you a tough, tough marker? Oh, I should not talk about this. No, but, don't uh, mention <laughs> names. Don't mention um, names. You know, it's it's no. I'm I'm usually pretty fair, but I'm but. the kind of I'm the kind of teacher though that if you do the work, then you're gonna do well. You know, um, and I'm more often than not in a good mood. So you'll do well. Right. You try a snow job, you're toast. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, and if I don't like you, I just you know you're gonna fail. <laughs> yeah. Just one hundred percent. And I pretty much tell you that straight out, day one of class. Like you rub me the wrong way, get ready for that F. Guy. Stay after class. <laughs> you let him know. So it's just, and it's like disappointed. It's like stay after class. Uh, all right, here. Let me just let me just tell you, uh, you're not gonna do well this year. You don't even know me. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. You're ready ruined the whole year yeah you're dead to me i didn't say hi on the way in Uh, didn't bring tribute well that's a bad thing you gotta say hi on the way in. yeah where where are my donuts yeah exactly yeah gotta grease the wheels a little bit it's not apples anymore it's up to donuts no man carbs let's go (laughs) it's like it's all business man it's all it's all business here you you scratch my back, I scratch your back. <laughs> not literally though. I'm not trying to. Yeah, that's, yeah, not yeah, that's, that's, that's somewhere else. Get weird. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. We we try to be fair, and it's English too, so it's all very subjective. So as long as you're, I always tell the kids, it's like as long as it's good, mm-hmm. as long as your paper's good, you'll yeah. do well. Yeah, that was why I loved English. That's why I was an English major because yeah. it was like. I can sort of bullshit my way through oh, yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a game. It's yeah, a game. You tell them that on day one. Cake. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think the day I really figured it out was I think it was junior year of high school. Uh, we were supposed to have been reading the Red Badge of Courage. I'm so sorry, uh, Stephen Crane yeah, book, yep. uh, and I didn't read it. 
uh, yeah. but I had all the notes from like all the classes and like, and I, and we took our test, which was all these like essay questions about, right. you know, standard Essays. English exam. Yes. Um, you know, uh, what is, you know, is this character as a Christ figure about all this kind of stuff. And I, without having read the book, just answered it based on our discussions in class uh, and my own sort of, you know, embellishment. About your understanding of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 99. Yeah. Nice. That's how it goes. As long as you pay attention, as long as yeah. you can kind of talk about life mm -hmm. and write well, that's yeah, what English yeah. class is. Exactly. You don't have to memorize history facts or math. Exactly. What year did so-and-so yeah. write so-and-so? Who cares? Yeah. What's it about? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I remember all the books they assigned that I barely read any of them, and then I read them later in life, and I'm like, damn it. These were pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like if yeah, I had yeah, just yeah. done the work, then. paid some yeah. attention. Yeah, I'd been assigned Jane Eyre. That's the one. That's like the one I always go back to. Jane Eyre. I'd been. I was assigned it maybe five times in the course of high school and college. Mm -hmm. Never, like, just never got through it. Mine never. was Animal Farm. Yeah. Oh, I, I read loved Animal, I read Farm. Animal Farm about maybe three or four years ago, and, and like, loved oh. it. Like I loved it. I thought it was great. And I'm like, damn it! Like I really could have avoided all of that, you know, grade drama yeah. if I had just read the damn book. Yeah. But they yeah. they ruined me with the K. That was where they 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 lost me. Four legs good, two legs bad. And then it was uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, not Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Flies. I was gonna say Flies. you read Lord of the Rings. That's yeah, pretty school. cool. That's awesome. And we had a bunch of crazy books that yeah. we were assigned when I was going to school. I had uh, my like seventh grade English teacher, Mr. Newcomb, was amazing. No, Bro, come, come on, Newcomb. Yeah, was like, he a Simpsons Duke, character? Like, yeah. No, no, no. It's like N N E U M B E. Um, he had actually he was teaching us Shakespeare. And he purposefully, my friend uh, Kristen was like notoriously one of the most, you know, beautiful girls in the grade. And our friend uh, Dave, who was kind of this like, you know, goofy, overweight, shaggy looking dude and whatever. And he paired them as Romeo and Juliet specifically huh. because he knew that Kristen was cool and that Dave was kind of like being picked on just, you know, his general awesome. status in right. the school. And he paired them together as Romeo and Juliet. So they actually had to act things out in front of the class. And he fixes that she had to give him a kiss. And she was totally game for it and totally did it. What? And he won like the respect of the entire class yeah, after man. that session. And I approached my teacher like after class. I was like, you did that on purpose. He goes, of course I did. Hey man, changing lives. Yeah. What it comes down to. No, it was great. Yeah. That's what I do every it was day. Great. <laughs> and it was awesome because Dave was a cool guy. And Christine, Christine's always been very, very cool. That's great. Yeah, man. It was fun. Oh man, yeah. The book for me was uh, the Great Gatsby. Was in, in high school. I was like, I don't want to read this. Yeah. And then once it didn't take long. It was it was college because when you're an English major, they're always like, yeah, and we're gonna read the Great Gatsby. They just kind of added on to every syllabus. Yeah. Like this is 18th century European literature. Like, and you're gonna read the Great Gatsby. So <laughs> I had like 11 times that I would have to read it. And once I once I actually read it in college, I was like, this book is great. Why didn't I right. want to read it in high school? Yeah. Um. And it quickly became the standout for me because I could never stand. Hemingway, yeah, or like Faulkner, or like, you know anybody who was sort of too esoteric about what they were talking about. I'm like, these people are just sitting around, drinking, complaining about their lives. <laughs> That's all they're doing this entire time. And at least in Great Gatsby, they're sitting around drinking, complaining about their lives. They're very frank about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and shit happens. Like somebody yeah. dies. There's like yeah. a mystery. Whoa, What's whoa, going spoilers on? Spoilers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I didn't say who dies. My hundred-year-old uh, spoilers. Yeah, hundred-year-old yeah. spoilers. I think To Kill a Mockingbird was the standout mm. for me in school. That was that was the book that I actually read that you know gave me pause and made me think about a bunch of stuff. And mm. I did all the assignments on it and everything. Mm. That's a great book. That was too new when I was going to school. Mm. It sounds ridiculous, but that was like a bestseller. Wow. <laughs> I was going to school. <laughs> Joey, do they still teach, you know, Faulkner, Hemingway, Steinbeck? Do they still teach, do you? My juniors, we do Gatsby. 
my we do Gatsby, we do As I Lay Dying, Faulkner. Uh, we do a book called House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but we also try to keep it modern. We we did we're doing a poet coming up called Mark Doty, mm-hmm. who is still alive, working at Rutgers actually, uh, which is very exciting. So we do try to to bridge the two. Uh, my sophomores, we do do like Huck Finn, Scarlet Letter, you know the the kind of classics, the seminal works. But I try to work in the weird stuff, like The Stranger by Camus, oh, like cool. the yeah. dark stuff. Yeah. I'm like, guys, life has no meaning. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're 15. Like I'm gonna teach you this now. Okay. Go emo tomorrow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like 100 pages. Change your life. Get ready for the That's darkness. Awesome. <laughs> throw it's some, coming. Co- throw some Kafka in. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Well, we do metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, One yeah. morning, Gregor Samson woke to find yeah. himself a giant cockroach. Yeah, they're like, Mr. B, this is like really heavy. I'm like, so is life. Get yeah. ready. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had uh, an assignment where we had to dissect the movie Quiz Show. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I love that movie. Yeah. This sounds like the coolest school ever. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, had some, I had some really like select teachers that were, especially my English teachers, that were awesome. They were one of the reasons why I well, wanted to teachers. start writing. That's what, how hey, man, that's, yeah. that's what they teach us in college. Be cool. Be cool. Yeah. Um, drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Wear the beatnik hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a social teacher in, in high school that, I, they, for like one, in my school, they did this thing where uh, was when you were in like honors, social studies, and English. So this thing where they married the two kind of together, and so one day you'd have two periods of English and one period of social studies, and the, the humanities. Uh, kind of you had yeah. these thing, and the and the other day you'd have two periods of social studies, one periods of English. We had this Dr. Fortunoff was his name. He was our English teacher. He was like Fortunoff, this, like yeah. the like the uh, store. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Fortunoff, Newcomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like super uber smart, like you know, and like his class, we we do in like the regular period, we do you know, Tale of Two Cities, all the regular stuff that you have to read. Mm-hmm. But then in the, in the, in like the extra, the second period, he would be like, here's like all this philosophy, here's Plato, and, you know, and you, we were learning like, you know, the, the cave and all this stuff at like, Allegory of the Cave, man, yeah. like 14. And it's like, it was, I hit him with that. Yeah, you yeah, have to, you gotta yeah. know that yeah. stuff. Um, and it was great, you know, and then my, but my, it was so funny because my social studies teacher, Mr. Foglia, was, an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He listens to the podcast. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Um, and I remember he would do these things where like, and again, maybe I'm just, my, my teenage mind was just, you know, sort of putting him in a box and like, you know, because just in the comparison between him and Dr. Fortunoff, it was, it was too much of a gulf. But the, my memories of us learning about the cold war were him like putting on, we didn't start the fire <laughs> and being like, this is the cold war. Um, and I remember we watched, in the name of the rose one day ah uh, yes and i don't even know why we watched it because i don't it wasn't even involved with what we were doing because <laughs> it was like he got drunk the night before it was like i don't, I don't feel like feeling it with it and he used to tell us all these stories about his he would like do all these sort of like you know like folksy like parable like you know like stuff okay. he's and, one of those and he yeah. would talk about like when he was a kid, he had this friend Eugene, and his friend Eugene had this parrot, and he would tell all these stories about his friend Eugene's parrot. And this is about the Soviet Union. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, man, I don't want to hear about your friend Eugene's parrot. Get me back around to the real I, story. Gorbachev. I want to yeah. learn this stuff. You know, his parrot had a big birthmark. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that was that. But but, but, but the book I le- liked least ever reading in school was in Doctor Portnoff's class, which is Test of the Durbervilles. Couldn't take Oof. it. Not one of them. Thomas, Thomas Hardy. Couldn't take Did it. Did you ever do Heart of, Heart of Darkness? No, we didn't actually. See, that would have been the bottom of your list if you did that. <laughs> I always wanted to read that book. No, nah, you don't have to. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I've told this story before. My ninth grade freshman English teacher, we were his supposedly smart class. 
which just meant we drove him more crazy than the dumb kids who came after <laughs> us. And so in between, he went to a local pub and drank. <laughs> wow. And he was caught there more than once. Wow. But one Friday, we were on the second floor. He got disgusted teaching us Shakespeare. And we weren't learning. There were kids in the back of the room playing chess. There's all sorts of stuff going on. He went, you know, I teach this crap. And he didn't say crap. Year after year after year. He opened the window and dramatically threw everything out the window what? into the parking lot. Now, he may have done this every year. I have no way of knowing. But we came back on Monday to a reading list of Orwell and Huxley and science yeah. fiction and social satire and Jonathan Swift and all sorts of stuff. We went to see plays in the city and movies. The whole year was writing essays. Yeah, wow. that's how it, it should like, be, man. Right, and we learned so much. Yeah. What came down the end of the year, though, it was now there's a final exam. And the head of the department wanted to, us to do, well, Shakespearean grammar and the history of the Globe Theater. Uh. <laughs> and he fought for us. My kids learned more than your kids did, but they didn't do what you did. Mm. We ended up with an all essay final. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. We oh. nailed. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. there were like 90s and up across yeah. the board. The kids in the back who were playing chess wrote a parody of the Odyssey that got broadcast during homeroom every day. Yeah. <laughs> because we all just bloomed, mm. just completely bloomed because someone yeah. did something different. Absolutely. Well, that's how we run class now. So there you go. There you I'd go. be in your class. Can I proctor your class? <laughs> yeah. just in the back? Absolutely, man. I'll take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tired. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So uh, it's enough. Enough of this. About life, man. I know about life. It's life. About life in English classes. Um, I was the only person in my class who liked Tale to Cities, though. I will say that. <laughs> it was good. That's, That's a, a great book. People, everyone else was like, this book sucks. I was like, I really like this book. Uh, didn't that serve as a basis for like Dark Knight Rises? Isn't that, yeah. Wasn't yeah, that yeah, Nolan's thing? Yeah. <laughs> nah. Nah. Um, anyway, we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, we have a big DC Rebirth uh, announcements. Um, most of their new line totally announced. All, most of the creative teams also announced. So we're going to get into that, go down the line of the, the creative teams, mm -hmm. talk about those. Talk about how we feel about the books in general, some of the issues we have with what the books are kind of presenting. Um, and then we're going to review Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. That uh, came out? It came out, yeah. I don't know. I haven't talked about it at all in the last five days <laughs> since I saw it. Limited release. Limited yeah. release. Um, so, uh, so we're going to talk about that. I will say, uh, I know we, Bob and I can show you the email chain if anybody doesn't believe yeah. us. We had two people lined up today to be counterpoints uh, or at least be, you know, extra positive on on, mm -hmm. on, on the movie because we wanted to get those perspectives in there. Um, uh, both of them canceled today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> within about 15 minutes of each other. Yeah. So they listen to the other podcast, yeah. the Man of Steel podcast. Yeah. I thought like, of that. Yeah. 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 I don't want to be any part this. of this. We we whipped this guy into it. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> he drove all the way here to do it. Yeah. Exclusively for this one. Yeah. <laughs> um so we're gonna we're gonna review review that um like all movie reviews and we talked about this i think a week ago or whatever it was about daredevil but can't believe that was only a week ago which is crazy um that uh we're going to do non-spoiler section and then we'll do a spoiler section clearly marked before we, we jump into that stuff um so there you go uh but for now we're gonna do uh, we're not gonna do regular books of the week we are gonna do lightning rounds though so we can get um some talk of actual comics that came out in the, in, in the past week or before um, uh, on this show. So, uh, Steve, you, yep. you want to go first? Sure. All right. So get you, tell me when you're ready to go here because I know you got to get prepped. I'm good. I can go. You're good? All right. Yeah. You have three minutes and go. Okay. So last year, uh, I dug into Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey's phonogram series. 
And upon a first read, I was like, this is interesting, but I'm a little confused, but I know this is for me. So <laughs> what am I not getting? And then I got my hands on the second volume and I saw how alive the book was or the series was being that it was given color because the mm. first one was in black and white and taking a look at that book and thumbing through it i'm like all right it's time to go back read it from the beginning and 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 just pour myself into it read both volumes of that and was blown away by by both the book's pretentiousness and it's like artful prowess of just these this creative team of these two people and there are also uh, other people that contribute to this series as well. I don't want to overlook them. Uh, them being Matthew Wilson on colors and Clayton Cowles on letters. There is something about the synergy between these four people uh, when I was reading Phonogram, the newest one, The Immaterial Girl, which is volume three of the series. And I'm happy to say that volume three continues the kind of uh, overwhelming opinions of these uh kind of wicked and the divine of that all of these characters that represent different genres and kind of gods of music and this world that they live in this that they use uh the magic of music to kind of influence time and influence trends and and things like that and uh in this third arc you have someone who at a very young age becomes transfixed with the music world and and wants so badly to be a part of it that she makes a pledge to her television while watching like MTV and the, the music gods hear her and ask her for a sacrifice. And she pretty much sacrifices half of her personality to become one of these gods. And it then splits her in two. One of them gets sucked into the actual digital music world of music videos and is able to kind of travel in between those worlds and those videos. And then the other one comes out as this kind of evil representation of like a, like a multi-genre character put into one thing and they run the risk of because because the personalities have been separated for so long things are now breaking down and the magic is breaking down and sacrifices from the other gods need to be made in order to keep this person alive this person alive that no one likes uh and it brings very much into question the value of all music and and even if you don't like it does it does it does it have a place in its existence like do you keep this around for the for the sake of the balance and uh i'll just say this like aside from it the the writing being excellent and when i use the word pretentious i'm kind of using it jokingly in that it is you know what i mean joey it's yeah, a man. positive it's three minutes yeah, it's you've really been, three minutes. You've been talking for a long time, dude. That was awesome, though. I can't believe it's only been three minutes. Hey, man, that book deserves <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm going to say if they made that movie, it should start Paula Abdul. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> In 84, would, maybe. Right, right. Yeah, it would, it would hit all those. Someone who sold out their soul. This character <laughs> on the front be, of uh, wait, what did you mean by Girl kind of reminds me of <laughs> yeah. like a, like a Feruza Balk meets Duran Duran. Ooh, oh, Feruza absolutely. Balk. Yeah. Throwback 90s, man. Yeah, 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 man. Some craft business. Yeah, the craft. Yeah. And return to Oz. It's true. That you're showing us that the art inside is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, issue number three in particular has this incredible spread that is kind of a marriage between Madonna and uh, Courtney Love's band Hole. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is just like it's not absolute mm -hmm. madness. Uh, the, the, the gods have their own language. They're, I mean, and then it just it switches back into. I mean, you guys can't see this is terrible radio, yeah. but um, 
take my word it. take my word yeah, for it yeah. if you've seen anything from uh gillen and mckelvey working together wicked and the divine young avengers that type of stuff you know kind of what to expect but imagine if they were just always drawing and creating with headphones on mm. and, and listening to some of the most influential music throughout all time and place yeah to create this series and um it's a little hard to read at times you get a little lost but they always manage to bring it back to the importance of music and the and the importance of the existence of different genres and those genres being available to everyone mm. there's no there's there's no reason to like there's no wrong or right way mm -hmm. to love music is, is what i was what i take away from these books yeah Amen. so fucking awesome all right yeah. nice very cool bob <clears throat> yes okay go three minutes on the clock and go well it was a pretty light week for me so i'm gonna lead off with something very different i was shown a new children's book one that in a subtly lovely way speaks volume about the inclusion we often talk about so i want to mention this here the book is titled the colors out my window and is written by gabrielle story with illustrations by maria mola and it's a great read to or early reader book and the obvious subject is in a charming way teaching the colors you know what what is what but what is really at play here is in a what struck me is the diverse cast of narrators that the authors have chosen to use so so in a very lovely charming small way a child can be shown the, the totality of the human condition and that's just really kind of special for me so that is the colors out my window gabrielle story and maria mola and it's on amazon if mm. no other place uh, sadly even though it's a smidgen better than it's been i'll be saying goodbye to all new all different avengers with the seventh issue whoa it's part of the standoff event, which will be going on and on and on for months and months and months. And so whatever happens next year, I don't really care. By the way, for anyone who's reading the event, pick up Fantastic Four 236 from 1981, which is basically this story and can read it in one issue and not have to go through 45 issues of that. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, Ultimates number five by Al Ewing and Ken Roquefort was another bit of cosmic goodness. So good. Uh, the team goes into the Omniverse and a chat with Galactus on the theory of everything. And then there's a ride with him inside the all that is eternity. But who's that sneaking in with him? <gasps> uh, exactly. Shocking. Next issue is going to be a doozy. I'm glad everyone's kind of catching up, but this mm -hmm. is just sensational. <clears throat> Unless there's a change of heart at DC, Gail Simone and Dale Eagleson's Secret Six will be coming to an end soon. But it's been a fascinating run built on an engaging quilt of disparate and misfit characters. This issue focused on an attempt by Shiva to kidnap Strix, the ex-Court of Owls assassin, into her League of Assassins. She's already, uh, already dispatched the entire team here before Catman and guest star Batgirl make a faithful decision, as does Strix. <sighs> Don't want to say too much. There's some really, really touching stuff in here. Uh, Gail Simone, her characterization is, as ever, ju just spot on. And a character who can't speak a word can speak volumes on a little notepad. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to spoil too much, but just Strix really loves yellow Doc Martens. Um, <laughs> some surprise guests near the end, really great finish. You can see this leading up to something really special. We're into 12. I think 13 will be the end. Maybe we'll get to 14. I think you'll end up with two trades. But Secret Six, just amazing. While we're talking about Gail Simone, her clean room number six is just first oh arc. Oh, goodness. 
Bob was in the middle of a book and the timer ended. Oh, shock. Well, it was my extra Welcome book. To my side. It was my Bob. extra book. So, I think Bob, 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 Bob has uh, built up about, like, I think 45 minutes of extra, extra time by the time he hasn't missed. Yeah, so, if you want to finish talking about Clean Room, yeah. you can. Uh, look, it's really super creepy, very involved. Where creatures, uh, characters were at the beginning, somewhere different. We got a whole char character set of creatures doing oddball things in this weird place in between. Astrid Muller, who. Early on, I was talking about one of these great villains. Kind of more nuanced. There's other stuff going on. So Clean Room the Trade is something you should probably pick up if you're a fan of Gail Simone. All right. Cool. All right. Joey. Oh, man. Three minutes on the clock. Drop in your pen. I'm not ready. And go. Okay. Um, so the last couple of weeks, I've been reading a lot of stuff online because I haven't been able to get to the shop. So I after Daredevil, I wanted to read some... Uh, Daredevil-y stuff. Uh, so I, I picked up, or I picked up, I read online Daughters of the Dragon from 2006. Uh, one of the reasons why I picked it up because we have Misty and Colleen Wing in this, but I saw Jimmy Palmiotti was on the story mm -hmm. for it, and I thought that was pretty cool. So the story was by Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti, pencils by Kari Evans. In, uh, Palmiotti also did the inks and colors by Christina Strain. Uh, Misty and Colleen run a bail bond service for essentially like D-list supervillains. Mm -hmm. Uh, they run into like Razor Fist and and um, Humbug and the dude that has like an eight ball for a face that yes, that guy. Yeah. Um, so and they get caught up in this larger kind of villainous conspiracy. The art is a little cheesecakey in terms of how they're mm -hmm. portrayed, but they're also kind of always portrayed that way. I think Misty Knight kind of falls into that B movie kind of representation. Um, the book is fun. It's six issues. It kind of spins out of, of the Civil War stuff that was going on. Uh, Daughters of the Dragon, Misty and Colleen was really cool to see. I also read a graphic novel from 1986, one of the Marvel graphic novels, Daredevil Love and War. Uh, one of the stories by Frank Miller, art by Bill Sinkovich, um, letters by Jim Novak. Uh, Al Milgram was the editor on it, and was when Jim Shooter was in, in press. It came out around the same time as Born Again, so it kind of got fell through the cracks a little bit. It's a kingpin-focused story. Um, Vanessa, in an earlier story, had gotten mind-wiped, so Fisk is all about kind of healing her. So he does some devious things, kidnaps a doctor's wife. The wife is blind, uh, which obviously puts her in contact with Daredevil. Yes. Um, and uh, to manipulate the doctor, it was a great story um, to kind of see a self-contained, one of these Marvel graphic novels, similar, like, I love... God loves man kills, right? That Chris Claremont X Mon X X Mon <laughs> Digimon X Men story. Um, so Daredevil: Love and War was was great. Uh, Turk was in it too. I love the Turk character. Um, the other thing that I read was The Undertaking of Lily Chen, a graphic novel by Danica Novgorodov, right? Which there was you go. Uh, yeah. yeah, 2014 graphic novel uh, based around the tradition of ghost marriages, which is like the first son dies, doesn't have a wife, so they dig up a body, and that's the wife, right? Yep. So that he can get into heaven. Um, really cool, really weird story, strange, beautiful. The thing I loved about it was the artwork. Um, it's set in China, and and uh, Novgorodov's artwork is kind of very reminiscent of those eastern kind of brush paintings in terms of its detail in terms of how it's portrayed so i really liked it it was weird morbid um i don't know if it's a positive story necessarily but i enjoyed reading it it was like 480 pages but you, you go through it just like that so it was i wouldn't cool. call it positive but it ends well yeah yeah and it was it was strange but i liked it so 
That was me, man. All right. And Poka, Poka number four. Yes. Well, <laughs> Patsy we'll, Walker, we'll, a.k.a. Hellcat. We'll leave that a mystery. I'm intrigued to hear you talk about Drawers of the Dragon because I passed by that because of the yeah. artwork all those years ago. Yeah, it's very cheesecakey. And once you kind of get past that, but I, it's funny because like I read a bunch of books with Misty Stone, Misty, Misty Knight in it. <laughs> Um, Misty Stone. Night. That's different. No more, hey, no hey. more whiskey for you. Wrong Mist, podcast. You Mist, go on the yeah, man right. Exactly. <laughs> Misty Night. Um, Misty Night. And she's always kind of been portrayed that way. Like even in, in Nick Spencer's kind of current Captain America run, I'm like, this is kind of like very 2005 in terms of how she's <laughs> yeah. being illustrated. Um, but I love the character and I love Colleen Wing too. To, so I was like, I'm just going to read it. So once I kind of got past that and kind of read it as the B movie kind of vibe that they're going for, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and really wild too, the kind of things that they, they, okay. they do and the kind of people they come into contact with. I'll have to add that to my collection. Yeah. I have one issue and then yeah. stopped six so. issues. So you'll knock yeah. it out. There you go. Thank you, Joey. No problem, man. It's awesome. You should all be reading Patsy Walker, a.k.a. I love that book. All right. I'm going to get my books up here. I want to get the teams ready up in here for me. Um, All right. So I'm going to start my three minutes now. So uh, Cry Havoc, number three, uh, written by Simon Spurrier, art by uh, Nick Flaherty, Ryan Kelly, Lee Lowridge, Matt Wilson, uh, three different colorists and one one penciler. Uh, Continues to be great. I I, I love it. Um, I... The three stories aren't as far apart in time as I thought they were going to be. They're actually much closer in time mm-hmm. than I thought they were going to be. But so I don't know how long you keep up the three separate storylines, but we'll have to see. Uh, but I love all three of them. I think they're all fascinating in their own right. Still, I think my favorite is sort of the military, um, like we're all kind of wear creatures and we're on one task force type of thing, which I think is a pretty cool uh, concept. Um, a book that uh, I want to talk about a lot more after 51 comes out and Snyder and Capullo end their run. We'll do have a big, let's just talk about Scott yeah. Snyder, Greg Capullo, Batman. But Batman number 50 came out, which obviously is apparently seeing the return of, of Bruce Wayne as Batman. Uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, uh, Danny Miki on inks and colored by FCO Placienza. Um, it's uh, awesome. As awesome as you expect it to be. Um, really ties up the Jim Gordon stuff really, really well. And uh, gives the new sort of Bruce Wayne stuff uh, a really natural in, in, insert into in, back into the storyline. Um, you know, this is a full of action from beginning to end, just wall to wall. Greg Capullo, you know, doing some of his his best work, some of his craziest work. Um, I, I I liked where they went with the Bloom character. I liked how they resolved that that whole arc. Um, and it has one of my favorite pages of the year as far as comic books go. Um, really excited to see what this sort of next 51 is because they've already said it's going to be not really action at all. It's going to be much more personal, much more sort of like a goodbye to his time on Batman. So um, looking forward to that. But as this big sort of action packed ending, it was definitely worth the extra month's wait. And uh, I can't both can't wait. And, and I'm terrified of when this is all oh. going to be <laughs> over. Um, and then I started re- reading a uh, preacher, uh, Garth nice. Ennis, Steve Dillon with Matt Hollingsworth on colors, which Oh, he's three years Crazy old. What was going on? Yeah. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I picked it up. I've been wanting to read it for a long time, but now with this kind of show coming right up on the horizon, I, I want to, to read it and, and sort of have a, a baseline for when uh, the show premieres. Um, you know, it, it tells the story of, of, of a preacher uh, from Texas who gets sort of inhabited by this spirit from, from heaven. Uh, um, and 
I don't want to go into plot details. I don't have the time to, but uh, it is both very introspective about the nature of faith and humanity and completely balls out insane <laughs> and, and like doesn't give any quarter to any of like the reserva- reservations or like hangups you might have about anything. It Classic. just does not care. Um, so one of, I'll give you one example. One of the, one of this guy's kind of powers is that, you know, when you have this habit by this creature, he can kind of tell you what to do and you kind of have to listen. So there's this one character who's been a real pain in his ass and he tells him to go fuck himself. And so the guy cuts off his own penis oh and God. puts it in his own ass. That's escalated. Hey, now. That escalated yep, quickly. That's something that happens. I'm uh, sure Steve Dillon did a great job with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see it. <laughs> so you don't oh, see it happening. Oh. You just hear about it. You he was just... probably like, ah, oh, Garth, I would have loved Sounds to like do a that. <laughs> bachelor party story. Wow. But, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh jesse tulip and cassidy are our three main characters one of them is the preacher one of them is sort of uh his ex-girlfriend who we don't really who also has a very complicated past you know i don't really haven't got into that yet and cassidy who is a vampire um but a good vampire uh sort of (laughs) if you consider anything they're doing good uh you know i'm only halfway through the first the first volume it's a pretty lengthy volume i mean you know Mm. we're talking hundreds hundreds of pages right um but i'm really enjoying it so far um i think i'll definitely keep going uh in in preceding volumes i really want to read that i was that was one of the books that rob had like in his basement Mm -hmm. he had it aside that it was one of the untouchables like it was all there yeah yeah, our space. Our space. Our space. <laughs> Have you seen the images? I haven't. The... No, I just. I was pretty close. Yeah. He looks yeah. real good. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's yeah. What I heard. But Rob had, you know, anything and everything was available mm-hmm. if you could find it. It was yours. Mm-hmm. Just you know, name a price, whatever. But there were a few things that he had, like all of it, mm-hmm. single issue, original print, whatever. And that was one of those things. And that an Animal Man, Grant Morrison's Animal Man, mm-hmm. that he yeah. just wouldn't give up. <laughs> and um, then after that, after I passed it up then um they had a huge like comiXology sale mm. on it and it was pennies for for issues and i missed that <laughs> and now i really really want to read it because the show's coming out but i just know that that sale is going to come around again oh, absolutely. So, yeah. oh just yeah. wait on it just totally the, the week the show premieres yeah there'll definitely be a big comiXology sale for yeah. it yeah. 47 gonna, issues three dollars yeah. i'm, I'm yeah. gonna be patient but yeah it's 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 great cool. and uh, i'm really enjoying it joey have you read this i have not um but um, yeah, I'm excited for the show, and I've heard such good things about that. And same thing with their run on, on Punisher too. It's like yeah. one of those things. It's like, oh, why didn't I read that? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, it adds up. They have lengthy runs on the stuff that they do. They so. do, yeah, yeah. They're a very formidable team. Did you see Rucka's? Uh, well, a bunch of Punisher stuff was on sale last yeah. weekend mm-hmm. with Daredevil, and like, yeah. Rucka's run was like three bucks. Oh, dude, that yeah. was uh, one of the best things. Yeah, ever. best things ever. So that. Love that so, so much. So good. The only Punisher worth reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Frankencastle. Yeah. That was Negabob. The Lady Punisher. Come on. Yeah, it's certainly the only Punisher that I've ever had any real connection to, as yeah. far as anything I've tried yeah. to read. Uh, agreed. Yeah. The kind of the problematic aspects of the character were sort of very much addressed in the in mm-hmm. that run. Yeah. You know, it didn't it didn't objectify his, his violence. It didn't it didn't promote his violence. It very much looked at it in a real sort of harsh way. So and look, and as a supporting character, basically in his own story, mm-hmm. which yeah. is where I think he's best served anyway. Oh yeah, it was as uh, this kind of mythic figure. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's always talking about him. He doesn't have to show up in every. Yeah, yeah. But Just let him. Oh, great well, stuff. When I think of that book, I think of that. It's one of the first scenes. It's when um, the sort of the sort of crooked cop goes up to that like 
he's like in that like West Point or everything like that stadium, and the, all those sort of mobsters come out, yeah. and then Punisher just takes them all out. Yeah, and you never see Frank at all; you just see his, the cop's perspective of what's happening. Uh, I, it's just amazing in, in that way. Um, but yeah, so that's it for my lightning round. Um, let's jump right in talking about DC Rebirth. Let's do it. So we talked about it a few weeks back. We talked about when they announced the books, um, and they mentioned they're going to announce, you know, pretty much all the creative teams at WonderCon, and they were they were true to their word. Uh, they did a uh, a live stream as well. You could you could watch it live on YouTube. I had to go to somebody's birthday party, so I couldn't watch the whole thing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did get to watch some of it, and then also, you know, I caught up on the announcements a- afterwards as well. Um, so it was a. Uh, uh, Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, Dan, Dan Didio were on stage the entire time and they were kind of bringing out the different sort of, you know, editorial sections of, of the DC line, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all this kind of stuff. Um, and they went through. So uh, they started out with Batman, but I don't have them in order of how they announced them. I just have them in an order here. So we're just going to go in the yes. order I have in front of me. Hey, man. Good to go. Uh, boss. <laughs> um, so let's see we have of course we, we already knew about the dc universe rebirth special which is going to kick all this off in mm-hmm. june uh jeff johns writing that with ivan rice phil jimenez ethan van skyver and gary frank doing the art uh so that's going to really give us you know the status quo for everything take us into uh what this whole new status quo is all about uh so we've Pretty got that. pricey though right no it's 299 i think 299 draw the line baby Draw the line. 2.99, and that's like 80 pages or something like that um so wow. page giant any page giant issue uh so we'll, we talked about this a couple weeks ago we talked about it but every book is 2.99 but there's a lot of twice monthly books yeah, about 17 17 yeah. twice monthly books um so you know obviously you have to decide for yourself whether or not that's worth it or not mm. but if you were buying action comics before for 3.99 you're not gonna have to spend you know six dollars instead of four percent more yeah to, to, to get it so um, <laughs> a, a month. We're doing math here, Joey. Jesus Christ. I know you're an teacher, but we're doing Slow math. down here. So <laughs> just so everyone knows that. So um, we'll go over. I'm gonna go over by month. So then yeah. that's the best way to do it. So in June we've got Action Comics returning to the re- the regular numbering at number nine fifty seven. Wow. Uh, twice monthly, written by Dan Jurgens, uh, art by Patrick Zercher, Tyler Kirkham hmm. um, are the two artists on, on that book. Um, Zercher and Kirkham both. Uh, Sort of DC staples at this point. Uh, Kirkham kicked off with with Animal Man with with uh, Jeff Lemire way back in the day. No, that oh, was trouble. Right. No, that was Trouble Foreman. I'm sorry. Yes. Totally wrong. Yes. <laughs> but both. Uh, I think both. Uh, I, I mean, I know both have been around for a while doing. Uh, Patrick's. I'll go look at Zercher. Zercher did a great short run on Cap a couple of years ago that I really. Oh really? really yeah. Enjoyed. yeah. Yeah. Cap America. Yeah. Yeah. He did stuff on Suicide Squad for DC. He's doing so. He did stuff on. He did um. Green Arrow for a while as well in yeah. the DCQ kind of stuff. And Jurgens goes back a long way yeah. into Superman yeah, history. Yeah. So if you're gonna have someone relaunch action, yeah, I don't know the other guy, but Zercher is very. It's a very gritty art style. Yeah, so I'm is. interested to see. Yeah, what yeah. he's doing there. I think Kirkham is similar. Uh, yeah, as far as I remember, um, I think he did some Superman work. If, if I remember, can you look up Tyler Kirkham for me there? Yeah, Steve. As we go along, so one thing I will say about this: um, Jurgens taking over action, like you said, Bob classic death of superman yeah. you know classic superman writer uh he has been writing a limited series uh which deals with pre-new 52 superman married to lois lane and they have a child that is the clark that they're bringing forward into oh, action oh. so spider girl no that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which i would assume they're also going to retain a relationship with lois and they have a child which ties into another book we'll talk about uh later on in 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 this discussion mm-hmm. um 
so that's action comics twice monthly uh so we have aquaman twice monthly as well uh dan abnett is, is writing that uh art by brad walker and uh jesus uh marino cool uh, as well yes he is uh very much responsible for the deathstroke and detective comics runs okay uh -huh. um, both those okay yeah. okay so yeah he has been writing i mean doing art at dc for a while now mm -hmm. um i believe uh so brad walker who's marino doing aquaman dan Abnett, obviously uh guardians of the galaxy mm -hmm. yeah um and many other many many, many other... with andy lanning but obviously yes. now flying solo flying solo and this is a twice a month also twice a month yep. also for, for, for aquaman tier one baby tier one yeah. Aquaman is tier one um <laughs> we'll talk about him we'll talk about him a little later yeah <laughs> uh batman of course twice monthly uh tom king david finch uh, Tom King is writing David Finch and Mikkel Janin doing the art. So, I mean, obviously we've been, uh, how do we, how do we feel about Batman? Because that's the, that's, oh. that's a, a, we're doing a big change over obviously from, from Snyder. Joey doesn't care because he hates Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. So he doesn't read that. No, book. man. It's not about hate. It's about waiting. It's Dude, about waiting for it to be real quick. It's about waiting for it to be complete to read it as one piece. We have All another right. month. Four years he's been waiting. Yeah. yeah. Finish Batman. Finch, man. He's been working that Batman for years yeah. yeah a little break for the wonder woman stuff but yeah he's been doing yeah. a lot of batman a lot of batman i'm not the biggest fan of his art obviously better um, batman than wonder woman yeah i would <laughs> agree with that i would totally agree with that Mikel janin i love i think he's great mm -hmm. does uh doing grayson right now did uh just League dark for a long time he's got a very um very spooky you know very uh kind of gorgeously gothic art style so right. i i think that he's a great choice for batman uh, and tom king's been very high profile Right. Yes. With the vision. Yeah, vision so, and also on Grayson as well. Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah, but the question is, how are we feeling about it? It's gonna be different. It's gonna be very different. Yeah. Um hope and but I hope it, it has is to be. I hope it is very different. I hope it's not great point. I hope it's not a mm -hmm. just trying to sort of continue the Snyder Capullo feeling just with their own thing. I mean, right. Cause I think that will lead to definitely not being able to take, you know, a, a, a new sort of yeah. team on it. I want it to be very different. Um, it's going to be tough for me for the first little bit to read it. You know, I, I think that it happened with Johns on Green Lantern. It happened, you know, recently with Wade and Daredevil. I, 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 when something changes over a different team, I can't help but keep comparing it and keep wishing for that other team. I'm in the, I'm in the same yeah. boat. Just pick up something different, man. It's going to be, yeah, it's going going to be a little bit, right. and especially at twice monthly. Mm -hmm. I think it's not only is it a big change, but it's also a little bit of an overwhelming uh, expectation that they want me to now pick it up twice a month and feeling apprehensive about it to begin with spending an extra, you know, $3 to explore that feeling yes. is uh, maybe a little bit too much. I might have to wait to see how people are reacting to it just to, just to get the tone of it before I dive in. I don't know. Mm -hmm. mm. I mean, the twice monthly thing. I mean, we'll probably say it a bunch as we go through this thing, but the books are going to have to be, good fantastic for me to want to buy it two times a month yeah for, for me not to just wait till it's collected in whatever trade form it's going to come out in it's going to have to be fantastic uh, to keep, keep a me lot up. of the art teams seem like they are trying to keep a tone yes absolutely but that's still different when you actually pick up the book yeah in theory yeah it's great there's yeah. one of the books we'll discuss later where a mm -hmm. writer has made a very specific choice mm -hmm. about the two different 
artists being very different and the stories being different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more excited about some of the other Batman books that are coming out than the main line. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Detective Comics, which is actually which one, is of, one of the yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, 934, twice monthly, uh, James Tynan IV with Eddie Barrows and Alvaro Martinez That's cool. on, on art. So yep. uh, the and the deal behind um, Detective Comics is that it's going to be what uh, Tynan called a Gotham City boot camp with Batman and Batwoman running the boot camp, kind of training younger heroes. In this case, it's going to be, as we know so far, spoiler, uh, Stephanie Brown, um, Cass Kane in whatever they're going to call sort of her That's new so cool. character, yeah. and Tim Drake as Red Robin, but in a very Robin-looking costume. So mm. I'm going to assume and hope that they have now un retconned the retcon of yeah. him not being... A Robin anymore. Wow! And, and yeah. the promo image I saw, Strix was part of that too. Oh, okay, and right. so yeah. was Clayface. Yeah, well, Clayface yeah. is back there. He might be the villain. I'm not gonna. I'm right. gonna say he's not part but of the team. If he's part of the book, I'm reading it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Steve. I like him a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, they, but they said also they're not ready to talk about Clayface and what he is in the book or what Clayface is in the book. So who knows what that's? See. I mean, you're re reading Ultimates. Yeah. I would love it if it was something akin to what's going on with Galactus. Yeah. That they try to appeal to whatever side Better of Clayface is yes. still left and bring him into the fold. I don't know. Just but yeah, idea. but Galactus has always been sort of like, um, Beyond not really a bad guy. Yeah. 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 Clayface G. is just a bad guy. Big G. Yeah. <laughs> Clayface <laughs> is just a bad guy. You never know. Um, you can spin it. But very excited, hey man. Rebirth. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. 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 What if what if Clayface is the Galactus of the DC universe <laughs> yeah. and then Rebirth? You don't know. Wow. Uh, James uh, James Tynan's fa well, favorite character in the world is Tim Drake, so it makes me excited to see what that's all gonna yeah, be. I saw that promo image of the Iron. So in. great, and I'm they in. did they did like a different title treatment with Detective yeah. Comics, which is not a very DC thing to do at all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, it looks like it's gonna be fun. Very happy Batwoman is back in in a book and sort of headlining, at least co-headlining a book. Uh, you know, I wish she had your own, her own monthly book That's for sure. But, hey, maybe this leads to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, another thing I'm very excited about. Yes, sir. Flash, number one, uh, twice monthly. Joshua Williamson is, is writing that book. Done. Art by Carmine DiGiaminico. DiGiaminico. Dude, X-Factor. He's X-Factor for yes, a while. Man. Quickly and, became one of my favorite yeah. artists. And Neil Googe. The Googe. <laughs> the Googster. <laughs> is it the Googster? Come on. I am so in to that book mm -hmm. i am buying that day one no questions asked i'm very excited yeah. about that book uh cover looks great we see you know uh it's the wally west from the new 52 um uh but in the kid flash costume huh. which is great to see he looks like he's a young kid again um the whole looks like they're kind of definitely bring the flash family kind of back I mean, this whole thing has been about bringing back the legacy, right, of the universe. So that's what looks like right. to be back. Um, hoping that means Iris West again in, you know, them together again. Um, and he said the, uh, Williamson said the first arc is going to be uh, like this kind of like sort of like supernatural lightning storm hits the city and all of a sudden there are just like hundreds and thousands of speedsters. Oh, wow. And Flash has to decide like, if he's gonna, which ones he's gonna train? Some of them want to be heroes, some of them don't want to be anything. Some of them want to be villains. Huh. So it seems be to be a, a running theme in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, which is cool. Which yeah, is cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carmine did a great job with Quicksilver. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think it's very choice. Yeah. yeah. There's, uh, you know, I was really one of the, this is one of the announcements I was looking the most to who was gonna be doing Flash, and this is a great 
I mean, I, there's a few writers right now that I like more than Joshua Williamson. Huh. So I would love to have him back on the show to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would love that as well. Yeah. Um, Are you listening? <laughs> uh, Green Arrow, uh, Ben Percy is writing Otto Schmidt and Juan Ferreira uh, is doing the art. Um, Otto Schmidt. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch live any of the Green Arrow stuff. I don't oh. even know if what they went into on the show. I know he's got his goatee back. People were very yeah. excited about that on the live need. stream. It's all you yeah. need. Said every, every great Green Arrow story, he had the goatee. He had a goatee. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah, Jeff John said, I think, right? Um, it's the truth, man. Yeah, so uh, that's coming up. Uh, ben Percy actually has a couple of writing gigs this, this time around. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um... I'm always gonna. Try, I'm gonna. I'll try out number one for Green Arrow. I mean, I, I you know, I, I've always, I've tried all the number ones sort of as it's come around, or the new teams. Uh, the only one that stuck for me was the Lemire Sorrentino one, but I'm always willing to check out uh, that book when it comes around. Uh, Green Lantern's number one, which we know is gonna yeah. star Jessica Cruz, who is Power Ring right now, wow. and and Simon Boz, um, who was obviously the Green Lantern that. Jeff Johns created not too long back. Double wow. Yeah. Now, is this the Power Ring Earth 3? Well, what happened was sh- the, they g- took out the Power Ring from Earth 3, and the ring chose this woman, Jessica Cruz, as the ah. new. She's been part of Jeff Johns' Justice League for the last, uh, since really since Forever Evil ended. So she's been a major part of that universe, and she's a major part of what's going on in Dark Side War right now as well um and this is sort of when they announced this when they announced they're doing green lantern's book this is kind of what i was hoping that it would be they seem like the two characters that uh does kind of deserve to be the leader of this book uh sam humphreys is writing uh robson rocha and adrian saif is are the artists adrian saif did some work on i know on swamp thing um on the soul run that's what i really remember um stuff from so uh i will definitely check it out sam humphreys is one of those writers who's like He's okay, <laughs> you know. Every, everything, Jump with your fats. Every, yeah. <laughs> everything he's done so far has just been like kind of okay to me. Like nothing has been like bad, but nothing has been great. So I, I you know, maybe this is the characters to make his writing sing. Mm. But um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not super sold on. Uh, that. I have small sample of mm-hmm. Robson Rocco on World's Finest mm-hmm. was spotty. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. There's some really great stuff mm-hmm. and some really poor stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe on a big gig like this, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in that like interested, but have yet to get really excited. Mm. In that kind of in between, yeah, you know. But I definitely, I'm definitely gonna test the waters. Yeah, that. definitely. I like the, I like the idea of bringing those two characters yes. to the forefront. Absolutely, I think that's what's the draw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been missing Simon Boz for for a while now. He's been gone for a long time, so I'm excited about that. Um, and one other cool thing is the Green Lanterns is getting obviously a. Uh, uh, a rebirth special, and Jeff Johns is co-writing the Green Lanterns yeah. rebirth special. So I will read that regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Ethan Van Skyver doing the art on that, so it's a really like a return to old time Green Lantern stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the books I'm very excited about: Superman number one. Uh, Peter Tomasi and Pat Gleason, the Batman and Robin team. Oh yeah. Uh, reuniting for Superman number one. Um, stoked, stoked about that. Uh, love that team. Uh, Doug Mankey is the other artist. Sorry, because it's a twice monthly book. Um, uh, Doug Mankey is the other artist with Pat Gleason, who's that's also wild. a great, yeah. great legend, uh, great artist. So that's a really good team. Uh, back I, in the suit, right? Back in the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love what Pete Tomasi did with Batman and Robin. Uh, Pat Gleason as well. So I am 100% in for that Superman book. Um, my only hope is that DC lets the Superman side of things be the Superman side of things for a while and doesn't just because for the last three or three years, I feel like. 
every Superman book has been a long running tied in event between all of the Superman books. Yeah. And as much as I liked, I loved the Greg Pak, Aaron Cooter action comics. Yeah, that was good. But it got tied so much into these other things that I, I, I don't, I don't want to read. I don't want, I don't want to read the Scott Lobdell Superman book. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, you know, so what was the name of the event that kind of messed that thing up? There was a couple, there was doomed. There was, was, was like hell on earth, hell on earth, earth which then, went into everything else. Yeah. And yeah. then there was another one too. There was a third one. That, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Lois Lane stuff in that was great. And, and, the, and, the, and um, Action Greg Pack, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I, you know, who knows what this is going to be, but I'm excited about those guys doing that book together. That's cool. Um, Titans, which is going to be featuring um, – oh, this is just the one shot. Is this later on? We'll, we'll get the Titans later. Uh, uh, Dan Abnett. Oh, I must have – Brett I, Booth? Yeah. But Brett yeah. Booth is doing The Flash, right? Yeah, Brett Booth had done The Flash for a while. He had done, he was doing like Nightwing and stuff in the early New 52 stuff. But there's another artist because it's twice monthly, I believe, mm -hmm. I think. I just don't have it right here in front of me. Oh, no, wait. It's monthly. I think. Yeah, I believe it's monthly. Okay, so never mind. So it's Dan Abbott and Brett yes. Booth. It's got, you know, Nightwing, and it's got Animal Boy, uh, sorry, Beast Boy, Beast Garth. Boy. It's got, like, all the classic Teen Titans characters, just a little bit older, in sort of, like, their 20s. Um, I will always check in for anything that's Titans or Teen Titans, at least to see what it's going to yeah. be like. Well, if they're in their 20s, they're not Teen Titans. Yeah, but it's Titans. It's <laughs> hey, Titans. Yeah. hey, teacher. 20, Come on. 20 Titans. 20 <laughs> Titans. 20-something yeah. Titans. It's got... Friends. Millennium. Yeah, friends. Millennium. Yeah, exactly. friends. <laughs> it's got... Uh, <laughs> It's it's got it's got all those characters I love though from from those yep. old stories so I'll definitely check it out. I like Dan Abnett, I like Brett Booth, so I'll I'll see what it, what what it's like. Um, so this was one of the first really really huge announcements of the the live stream. They they did a big like bait and switch with it. They brought out Liam Sharp as an artist of One Roman, and it was kind of like I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, and then I sort of buried the lead, and they brought out uh, Greg Rucka. <gasps> Yeah, that was wild, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be writing Wonder Woman uh, with Liam Sharp and Nicholas Scott um, doing the art on the, on the twice-monthly book. Bob, why don't you so, break down what it's going to be all about? So psyched. I, I went on to Greg Rucka's Tumblr. I don't do much of this internet stuff, but yeah. I, had, I had to check this out. Front towards enemy or whatever it's yes. called. It got Bob on the internet. It got me on Jesus. the internet. Where he discusses, you know, we didn't end on really good terms the way it Mm -hmm. but it's a chance to do this and do it right. What we'll have is one, twice a month, one contemporary story, and that's with Liam Sharp, mm -hmm. and one sort of Diana year one yeah. that will be with Nicholas Scott. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. If, if with all these books, we're always wondering about, oh, how do you keep the continuity? How do you keep consistency within all these different artists, all these different stories? I think Greg's found a nice way. Mm -hmm. Every other issue is a different story. You yeah. could actually, in essence, pick up the even-numbered issues right. and read current, odd-numbered issues, read the past, or just all of it because it's Greg Rucker, which you, everyone should be doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, and his run was so great, ended mm -hmm. prematurely over editorial edicts yeah. and Maxwell Lord. The rest of it, he had such a great handle on everything. Apparently, all the other stories count. Mm. But I think the story is about lies. Yeah. Now, what lies are we telling? What in between has happened that may get shunted to the side, move forward? I can't wait for this. I saw that, and that was the one that got me squeeing. Yeah, <laughs> that was the one. I have a. I think they're going to re reinstate her origin. I believe so. I think that's yeah. what it's that what the lies thing is going to be about. The way he talked about it on that live stream, it seemed like that's what 
that's what it was going to be about. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly psyched about it. You can't go, you can't go a more 360 <laughs> yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from the the feeling when they announced the last creative team to, to this creative team. Um, also, I've never heard of Liam Sharp before in my life. Uh, when when uh, Jim Lee was uh, bringing him out for the thing and talking about him, he said, you know, uh, I think it was either Jim Lee or Diddy. I don't remember. I don't remember which one it was. They're talking about when the New Fifty Two was coming around. They 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 wanted Greg Capullo. They, that, that would be like the art get, like this guy that like not ever been the mainstream knows, but like he's just so good that people are gonna be floored. And that's what he compared Liam Liam Sharp right. to. But did tons of great British work. Right. Like, yes. Marvel Death's Head and all yeah, the rest. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. 2008 D. I've yeah. seen. I saw that definitely. And the the images they put out that he's done for Wonder Woman look superb. Superb. Uh, and of course, Nicholas Scott, like she's Nicholas Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some I forgot. One article was like, like this is what Liam Sharp looks like. Stuff, it's great. And here's Nicholas Scott's, but you know, Nicholas Scott has proven that she can draw Wonder Woman. It should be the last thing you see before you die, or something like that. <laughs> now, the one thing that this ha- that happens here, though, mm-hmm. Black Magic, hiatus. Well, yeah, for, for a year. No, no, no. Is that confirmed? That's on his. That's on his website. Oh, really? Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, they'll I... come back in 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. A shame what <laughs> so they, they were already on small hiatus mm-hmm. because of yes. the trade mm-hmm. yeah but it'll, it'll be they want to do this was offered to them or the, something they want to mm-hmm. do a year or two or three ago right and it's there for them to do mm-hmm. and they're going to do this so black magic yeah. ends as it does with the start of a new arc and we'll come back a year from now mm-hmm. and they'll be they'll be ahead mm-hmm. by the time it comes out I'm so used to that with these indie books, though, that I don't really mind. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't read a lot of, of DC stuff, but that book, I'm going to get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just that. And I think that's the kind of thing that this announcement should do. Yeah, right? absolutely. Get people to make that jump. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, very, very exciting announcement. 100%. Um, so uh, next up, we got, we're in July now. Uh, Ready? We just skip the rest. I mean, after that. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get much better than that. No, but the next one's good. No, no, no. There's uh, lots of good stuff. Yeah. Left. So Batgirl yeah. is the next the next <gasps> announcement. Uh, Hope Larson, Eisner oh, Award winning so writer, uh, is taking over writing duties, and Raphael Albuquerque is taking over art duties. What, 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 what? I'm gonna pick that one up too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I think Bob has a counterpoint to your to uh, your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. No, I mean, I just I I recognize both of those names, mm-hmm. and I love both of their work. Uh, to see Hope Larson's name mm. in in that position on that book, I'm like, that's awesome. Now I know, um, and I remember reading that that one issue for the the Best of Show a couple of months ago, and I loved it. And I know that the creative team that's been working on it for the last few months, and obviously um, the team before, is so 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 good. But I'm excited for this, and again, it's making me make that jump. So, mm-hmm. and I know that there's an attachment to the character before. Well, well, too. to me, what. What strikes me is, we'll get to this at the end of this, mm-hmm. when we're doing sort of a wrap-up. We went to a lighter place right. with Batgirl. That maybe Gail would have done too, mm-hmm. but wasn't given that option. And I think it attracted a lot of new readers, mm-hmm. maybe not enough new readers, mm-hmm. yeah. based on what's going on here. And we're going into this Somerset mom, Razor's Edge. She's traipsing across the Himalayas or whatever mm-hmm. she's going to do. And Burnside and all those supporting characters look like they're jettisoned for now. Yeah. And that creative team gone. Mm. And I really hope they get to do something because that was really special what was attempted by Mark Doyle and his team. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Look, I, look, it's Batgirl. I've been buying Batgirl for nine to 50 years. I will mm-hmm. certainly give it a try. Mm. I'm 
It'll be as, different. It'll yeah, be different. it'll be different. Yeah. Look, Bur the Burnside Batgirl was very different from what Gail was doing. Yeah. And very different from what came before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Hope Larson, talk to me, Joey. Hope so Larson good, is. Man. I'm I associate her more with like graphic novel stuff. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, okay. definitely. But yes. very, but very smart. Oh, sorry. I'm just I'm like leaning back here. <laughs> um, but very smart, very kind of nuanced writing too. So I'm interested to see her voice on this book. Okay. Like that. That's what's interesting. That's what I'm excited so for. So you just you just moved me where... up from up in the air yeah. into probably keepers. It's <laughs> similar to when um who's Gotham Academy was Becky Cloonan, right? Yes. Yeah. Is that true? I had the same kind of re response to that. I was like Becky Cloonan's on mm -hmm. a bat. That book, that's yeah, yeah. awesome, and it was kind of the same thing here. So when they announced Hope Larson, I was like, "That's so interesting to see her, potentially to see her voice in this book." Nice. So mm -hmm. I, again, it's one of those things that's making me make the jump and making me pick up the first few issues. And again, I don't have the attachment to Simone and to um, the the current run. And I'm blanking. Fletcher, on the, Cameron, yeah, Fletcher, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Babstar, Babstar, right? Um, but you know. Uh, so that is going to be different. Okay. Um, so I don't know. You I'm hooked interested. me. You yeah. hooked me. You hooked me, Joe. DC didn't, but you did. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Raphael Albuquerque is Albuquerque. And well, the, the, I mean, yeah. come on. And the art they, the pages they put up seem okay. really nice. Um, it is very interesting though that he is the one. Oh, don't, that don't, let's not go there. <laughs> and now he's drawing Batgirl proper. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And, and think about that. But uh, the pages look good, and she's still in the. Batgirl of Burnside, okay. like look, she got the okay. purple and the thing. I mean, maybe we... this is his penance. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it is a vault. It is that <laughs> no, it definitely was. Yeah, they're no. like draw this cover that you would definitely always draw. <laughs> draw a really <laughs> scary image. Um, Ill-advised. Uh, but a but a great piece of art. Yeah, Not a great uh, piece uh, yeah, of put it commerce. Aside. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no really yeah. so horrible well. choice for yeah. that for that that book. Um, yeah. So he's looking at Steve showing it to me, and it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pastel. Yeah, yeah. So she, she definitely really still good. has the same look going yeah. on for her. Okay, so um, I'm moving it up. I'm yeah. just moving up the charts. Uh, and speaking of Batgirl in that, that supporting cast, we might at least get some of it in Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, which, uh, number one, Julia, Julie and Shauna Benson are the writers who are writers on The 100 on mm -hmm. the CW, which had has its own had its own controversy in the last uh, few weeks. Very interesting. Yeah. That all of that went down, and then this was announced. Yeah. And people that I had expected to be very excited about this announcement were very opposed to it Yeah, as Ooh. a result. Um, yeah. Nikki Alfaro, yeah. uh, just very simply put, ew, yeah. was was her response. Yeah. Um, she was, she's been very... Yeah. Uh, I am not going to speak for her, but she's been very upset yeah. about the recent events okay. of the 100. And I don't watch the 100 either, so I can't speak yeah, I can't to anything either, that's so. going on there. Uh, I know apparently a very, very high-profile LGBT character uh, was needlessly needlessly killed off of the show. Yeah. So, and it, it, it's it's caused Oof. a lot of a lot yeah. of problems. Again, I'm speak I'm speaking completely just academically on this. Yeah. I don't have any involvement in, in that. Here's show. the thing, though, like from what I understand that this character and this relationship uh, between another character, I know a few details about it, mm. I won't spoil it for mm. anybody though. Um, everybody was really, really into it and really, really loving it while it existed. And then when this death occurred, it created this tremendous upset because people were really loving something. Mm. You know, it wasn't like, a, when we say needlessly, like they took this character out of the show 
in kind of a a cheap death mm-hmm. kind of way and um but until that happened this was a very celebrated thing right yeah so keeping that in mind that mm-hmm. if this if this was of quality and a lot of people and especially groups that are looking for you know representation and things were really really into this group writing maybe this could work yeah absolutely um and then claire rowe is the artist on, on backer on the birds of Fright. i don't know her work previously i saw they showed pages during the live stream they look very nice it's going to be um barbara dinah and helena bertinelli huntress um, searching out a false oracle a false apparently. oracle yes. oh snap so that caught my eye yeah so we'll did. see yeah. um you know obviously i will say obviously batgirl Maybe it didn't sell exactly what they wanted, but it obviously raised the cash of that character enough to call this book Batgirl and the Birds of Prey and not just Birds of Prey. Yeah. So they're definitely they're definitely yeah. pressing that name. Um, so we'll see. I mean, again, this, these are two TV writers. No idea what their mm-hmm. comic book work is going to be like. Um, but We've seen that before. Yeah, we've seen that plenty of times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For good and ill. Yeah, for both. Maybe. So, to me, it's sort of not the birds of prey without Oracle. So let's, right. I want to see well, where this knows? leads. Yeah, right. yes. Yeah. Um, someone else being Oracle is sort of, I think, the idea behind this. Uh, no, uh, no, that'll lose me. <laughs> that'll lose me in a heartbeat. Uh, next, uh, Hal Jordan and the, uh, the Green Lantern Corps, um, which is twice monthly. Uh, by both those Batgirl books, I believe they are once they're they're once yes. monthly. Mm-hmm. They're cool. Um, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps uh, twice monthly. Robert Venditti, who's been writing Green Lantern for a couple of years now, he took over directly from Jeff Johns. He writes, um, you know, Exo Man of War and stuff over at at Valiant. Huh. Um, Ethan Van Skyver and Rafa Sandoval are the artists on Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Um, Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner. Um, all of them. Uh, Kyle Rayner are all going to be major parts of, of, of that book. Um, Alan Scott? Entourage style. N- I don't know if they're dealing with your because that might be <laughs> down the <laughs> line. Right, yeah, okay. Um, so, those, uh, so Earth, Earth, whatever Earth this is, Earth 1. Earth Prime. Earth Prime. I don't know what this, what they call it Seven. anymore. I don't know what Earth they call it. <laughs> I don't know what they call it anymore. Earth DC. Uh, How about Rebirth? <laughs> oh! Lock it in. Don't high five that. Um, uh, yes, come on. Um, Rebirth good, spelled B E A R T H. Great. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's it. Let's make the T-shirts now. Finish All recording. Right. That's All it. right. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Robert Venditti. Uh, I will definitely check it out. You know, I, I had a. I didn't read his initial Green Lantern run because it was coming right after the John stuff, and I just, like I said before, wasn't ready for new yeah. new Green Lantern person after nine years of <laughs> Jeff Johns or whatever it was. So, but this might bring me back. Uh, you know, uh, Ethan Ethan Van Skyver has talked about wanting to make Green Lantern as important as he was again when jo- Jeff Johns was writing him. So, uh, you know, I'll definitely check it out. Um, so one of the things I'm most bummed about about is about kind of about this next book. So the Hellblazer is the next book. Oh yeah. Um, Simon Oliver is writing it. We don't know who's doing the mm. the art yet. Mortat. Um, is it is it Mortat? Oh, it is. Okay. So this, yeah. Okay. Is Simon Oliver. Um, what's that book? That uh, uh, FBP. Um, yeah, I think so. Ooh, that was I. I mean, I I dropped off of it after maybe like three arcs, but what I had read of it was very good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just bummed because I've been loving the yes, the Tynan Doyle, um, Rossimo, Hell, uh, John Constantine, the Hellblazer book, um, and I'm just hoping kind of the steps they've taken with the character, um, with his sexuality and stuff that they've kind of brought to the forefront in in this in this run mm-hmm. doesn't just get go away when, yeah. when we sort of redo it. The cover is a little, uh, I don't know. It's weird for me, like going from from one art style to the other. This is very rugged, almost like John Cougar Mellencamp smoking. <laughs> well, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely apropos. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely apropos to John it's Constantine, like... but um, it's definitely very different from obviously the Rossimo yeah, art style. Mm-hmm. But yes, he is FPP. Simon Oliver. Okay. okay, that was that was great. Yeah, yeah. No, there's just no slight against Simon Oliver yeah. at all. It's a jump. Just the jump, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and they got so little little time on the book that, it, you know, I'm just bummed that we're not going to get to see more of their take uh, on that character. Um, again, we don't know anything about the internals of what, what you know, what happened at, at, at DC or all this going. Well, they put them on something else. Um, Tiny's on something else, but, yeah. none, but the other two people are not. Oh, yeah um and, and so that that's that's a shame um so uh justice league is, is next twice monthly uh brian hitch tony daniel and fernando passerin are the uh tony daniel and fernando passerin are the artists brian hitch is the writer that can be confusing because brian yes, hitch is very I, much... I don't know him as a writer at all yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been doing, doing jla yeah recently yeah, okay. yeah he did some stuff for image um like America's Got Powers or whatever. It was a sort of like a okay. reality show, but with superheroes kind of yeah. thing. Um, uh, and for Tony Daniel, obviously, has been doing a lot of stuff in the New 52. Right. Been around for a long time. Um, Fernando Passerin did stuff on Batgirl, Batgirl. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So also pretty bummed out about this announcement, just to say. I, like uh, Tony Daniel's art is fine. Fernando Passerin's art is good. Brian Hitch's artist is also good. Brian Hitch as a writer to me is just like the same Humphreys thing. He's just sort of okay, you know. And and, and um, I know people probably people would disagree with me, but I just Jonesy. I want to see <laughs> you know a great writer writing Justice League. I you know you go from Jeff Johns to this. It's just it's a very far drop off for me. Um, maybe it, I'm I get majorly surprised. Maybe it's awesome, but uh, it definitely I, I'm sure it will look beautiful but I'm not sure how much substance there'll be in there. So I'm sort of bummed out about yeah. that announcement. Um, Nightwing, number one. Back in the blue and black again, Woo-hoo! which is pretty cool. Uh, twice monthly, Tim Seeley is is writing that. Uh, so kind of going right from Grayson onto, onto Nightwing. Uh, Javi Fernandez and Marcus Toe are the artists uh, on that book. Um, I will definitely check it out. I love Nightwing as a character, so I'll definitely at least give it a chance. Again, but it's very tough for me to think that I'm going to want to buy a Nightwing book twice a month. Yeah. <laughs> there are it's very few. Twice a month thing. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see how – a lot of times with these relaunches, they do strip two, three times a month, and then it kind of trickles off and goes back to once monthly. So it'll be interesting to see how long the twice monthly shipping sticks. Yeah, yeah. I would assume for I, you know, I would I would hope that DC sees the sales flagging majorly for you know. I'm sure Batman will do fine. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. But books like even like Aquaman, this. It's, I mean, some of them are like Hal Jordan and the like. Why is that shipping twice? I don't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. I, 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 I feel like, obviously, this is totally conjecture. I feel like 
Lee and Didio went to DC, you know, like Dan- Diane Nelson, and were like, we want the books to be two ninety nine. And she's like, no way, the bottom line won't work out. Right. And it's like, you know, you've got to do this to make it two ninety nine. Right. Ship it twice, get as twice. much as you can at the front, and then yeah. see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next is uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, Scott Lubdell, who just is going to write that book <laughs> until he dies, yes. apparently. <laughs> But uh, interesting art choice. Dexter Soy is, is, is the wow. artist on it. Wow. Haven't heard his name in a while. Yeah. yeah. Changes up that dynamic incredibly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Steve. Yes? Uh, just breaking news. Uh, the Gambit film has been delayed yet again. Okay. They're still doing Sorry. it? Yeah. yeah. I thought Sorry, they canceled Patrick that. slash Barney. Yeah. Uh, the director dropped out, I know. So yeah. Uh, Amazon says Doug Lemon to direct The Wall. Oh, Doug Lemon dropped yeah. out of that as well? Because yeah. yeah. it was originally going to be the guy who directed... Um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yo, yeah, Doug Tatum. Lyman has dropped out to direct <laughs> oh, the wall and stuff. Channing Tatum's just going to be like, I'm going to direct it myself. Are they, yeah. Yeah. are they redoing Pink Floyd's The Wall? Or? I have no idea. No, Probably I, not. I would, I would not. doubt it. No, it's about a wall. It's about a wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Red and the Allies, you know, I don't really like Scott Labdell very much, so not super interested. Dexter Soy does beautiful art, so... Uh, next up, one of the more interesting uh, books, uh, originally solicited on the first as The Superman, now known as New Superman. I'm so excited for this book. Um, Jean Luen Yang. I'm so excited. Uh, and Victor Bogdanovich uh, on, on the art. Um, is it Korean Superman? Is that what it is? I, I, didn't read the, I didn't read the details, but all I saw was Jean Luen Yang on New Superman, an Asian... Superman, and I was like, I'm in (laughs) Soul, talking about representation, talking about all that stuff a couple weeks ago. I'm like, let's do it. I love Gene Luen Yang. Mm. um, American born Chinese is like my life. Mm. I gave it to my mom. Like, I was like, Mom, you need to read this book. It's about Chinese people in America. And she was like, Oh, this is my life. Um, And then Boxers and Saints was like the same thing. So I'm so glad that he's working on the Superman books. And to see him doing this book in particular, I'm so Mm -hmm. excited for. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a cool thing. And they actually, the the reason that they changed the name from, no, I think he must be Chinese. Uh, Because he said the name that they changed the name. Uh, from the Superman to New Superman is that there's no word for the in Chinese, <laughs> and he told wow. he told like Didio yeah. and Lee, he's like this is not gonna work we don't out. Have the or I, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's not about the ego in yeah. China, Superman. <laughs> yeah. So it's New Superman, but yeah, so that that's cool. He's been writing Superman for a while, a proper yeah. book for for a while now. Yeah, the, the adjective of Superman or whatever. So um, I haven't read that, but but again. Having the jumping on point, mm-hmm. yeah. having the it's just like perfect. You know, mm-hmm. they have this book. It's got a great premise behind it and it's a jumping on point i'm gonna do it yeah absolutely it's it's cool very cool uh we're into august now um all-star uh, batman yeah. uh <gasps> monthly written by scott snyder art by john romita jr jock sean murphy tula latoy tula latoy um um francesco frank um are, are are all are all doing art for the book they 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 rolled out you know john romita jr because they have to <laughs> i feel like they, it's like in there in his deal He's that old they, just <laughs> they, they didn't announce tula latte at the at they didn't though? no they did not it's have a bummer a, they, announced they should have because i would have jumped up. <laughs> um so it's gonna be this thing where it's the, the pitch of the first arc is you know batman dragging two-face around the country on some sort of Crazy Mad, road Mad trip. Maxian kind yeah, of road Mad trip. Yeah, Mad Maxian, <laughs> uh, Death Race type of 
road trip. I don't know what it's going to be. Change to the front of the Batmobile or something. Yeah. Yep. There was a little bit of a funny moment on stage because Jim Lee was obviously kind of like, you know, one introducing everything. And he's like, Scott, you got to do a book called All-Star Batman. Because obviously they they all start Batman and Robin that never finished between <laughs> yeah. Jim Lee and Frank Miller, so that was a good little moment between the two of them. Um, but yeah, uh, you know what? I'm excited, but also a little bit disappointed because I kind of wanted Scott to just do something totally different. Yeah. Like I'm gonna do Green Lantern, or I'm gonna do Justice League, or I'm gonna do whatever. Um, but I mean, I'm not gonna argue with him doing a Batman book, especially with this kind of murderer's row of artists that are gonna yeah. come up th- through the book. Um, he had discussed how he wa- he has a Wonder Woman story he wants to tell. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but then Greg Rucka called up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been saying for a while now how he he has a bunch of ideas for smaller stories. Yes. So this is his chance to do that. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Said, and he said he's not, he, especially with the villains. He said he wants to do a lot of stuff with the villains. So he has ideas for villains he hasn't really got to use very much. Um, so yeah, it's going to be in continuity, um, and it's going to go from there. Um, I, I then the DC announced they have signed him to an exclusive contract. Crazy so man. He's set up for a while. What with, happens to witches? I don't know if that extends to indie creator stuff. Owned, yeah. Creator yeah. owned stuff. I think it just means no Marvel. Okay. <laughs> Or no Valiant, or you know, no superhero universe. Has or... he ever done any Marvel? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so no. no, not that I can think. Yeah, of. I don't no. think so. Maybe one of those like anthology, like eight pagers, but it, it, I don't even think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. He's talked about how he has like a cap story that he wants to tell. Check eBay. Like uh, yeah. a couple yeah. things in there that he that stories he wants to tell eventually if he gets the chance at Marvel. But um, yeah, so that's All Star Batman, Scott Snyder. Um, they, that was the like, same thing as a Greg Rucka thing. They rolled him out at the very end. They were like, this guy, Scott Snyder. And then he came out <laughs> and talked about it. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, also, uh, Blue Beetle. Um, Keith Giffen and Scott Collins uh, on, on the art. Uh, I'm guessing that's once a month. That yeah. would be pretty yeah. crazy. We're in the back was, wall now. Uh, that was twice <laughs> yeah, a month. It, it's monthly. <laughs> it's monthly, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure that I, I, wasn't, I wasn't wrong about that. Keith Giffen's nuts. Keith so Giffen is nuts. Fun. Yeah, and it's going to feature... Ted Cord and Jaime Hernandez. Oh. So Ted Cord is going to be kind of his mentor. Uh, so they're featuring both Blue Beetles, both very popular. Um, Jaime is great on like Young Justice and stuff like that. I think it's become very popular for the animated space. Uh, really good character. Um, I'll definitely check it out. You know, I, I, Keith Giffen is crazy, and the Blue Beetle is the kind of like crazy ass character that I think. Um, He'll be obviously he's written him before and he'll yeah. run him again. Might really we well. see Booster in this? Yeah, book. definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. You're gonna see Booster. Um, absolutely. Uh, another one, Cyborg next twice monthly. Uh, John Semper um, and uh, Will Conrad and Paul Pelletier on, on the art. John Semper apparently very big in animation. Worked on the Spider-Man animated series. Uh, worked on Static Shock as 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 well. Classic. Um, his first time writing comics, obviously after dealing with comics, um, you know, for mm-hmm. for a while in, in other mediums. Um, you know, obviously DC cares a lot about Cyborg. They're pushing him heavily. He's going to have his own movie. Um, he's always been sort of big in the animated space and, and everything like that, uh, being part of the Teen Titans uh, cartoon, you know, back in the uh, back in the day. So still on. Um, no, it's not Teen Titans. Like no, the old Teen Titans cartoon. Oh, like, he's still in the new Teen yeah, Titans. Yeah, yeah, like Teen Titans Go. Yeah, but yeah. Like, but I mean like. Well, you don't watch that. Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> classic, classic Teen Titans yeah, yeah, yeah. cartoon. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't have a ton to say about it. I just you know, I I don't. 
I don't have a ton of investment in the character, I will give it a try. But again, twice monthly is a lot for mm-hmm. that character. Um, uh, Deathstroke. They're gonna keep. Tr- they're gonna keep doing it. They're gonna keep trying to make a Deathstroke book popular. If it kills interesting, them, interesting choice with creators though. Yeah, Christopher Priest. Christopher Priest is writing it, which is pretty cool. Whoa, um, that's intense. Carlo Pagulian, Pagulian? Who, who did the Red She-Hulk. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very moody and very interesting. Yeah. Igor Vitorino um, and Felipe Watanabe is are, are the artists. Okay. Um, I will mention too that Jordi Belair is doing the colors for Batman. I didn't. That's not on here. Well, but that's pretty cool. Who is Christopher Priest? Wrote Black Panther. He did Black Panther, a big Black Panther run yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, he did that crazy like future Batman yes. story, um, which was pretty crazy. Okay, uh, he's a cool writer for sure. Yeah, um, it's it's a, it's a very interesting choice and definitely their most kind of prestige choice for for this character. You know, throughout the you know that started with you know like Rob Liefeld writing it in the beginning yeah. of the two. So it's definitely it's definitely got something. Whose job was yeah. it to call up Chris Priest and was like, hey, you want to do a Deathstroke book? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Probably the end of day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, again, like, love Deathstroke on season two of Arrow. And like, I think he's a cool character as like a villain. I love that he's sort of like evil Batman in a lot of ways like that. He's the same kind of brain as Bruce Wayne, but he, you know, he's obviously insane. Um, I don't, again, I'm not a big villain as lead book so i i, I just yeah. it's not really in in my wheelhouse i began this podcast with deathstroke it's true reviewing it deathstroke yes. number one right. one through three man yeah yeah totally Woof. um harley quinn uh continuing kind of exactly asking things so yeah. now it's twice That's monthly twice. uh jimmy palmiati amanda connor chad harden and john timms so exactly the same as before yeah exactly the same before they said basically they're not really changing anything i'll tell you this though about that it's something that I can actually, because I like we were talking in the bar yeah. earlier about how I've been wanting to read that stuff, but there's just so much of it now that it would cost me an arm and a leg mm-hmm. to collect it all and read it. That's an opportunity for me to jump onto jump that on, yeah. and and go from there, which yeah. would, I think would be cool. Totally. Um, and again, if there's anything you want to talk about in these books, just, guys, just jump no, in. No, we're I'm, going. I'm going to run through it as I go. Uh, Suicide Squad number one, written by Rob Williams, art by Jim Lee and Philip Tan. Are wow. the tourists on that? Um, obviously DC cares greatly about Suicide Squad right yes. now uh, because of the movie coming out. And they've also, since the New 52 started, they've been very dedicated to that book in, in general. Um, Jim Lee was very self-deprecating on, on the on the live stream about like, you know, Suicide Squad is twice monthly. How could I possibly do that? Like kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> very self-deprecating about it. Um, he's doing once, Philip Tan's doing the, the other. Um, I don't Again, who knows how long Jim Lee ends up even is the other artist on yeah. Suicide Squad, but you'll at least get through the kind of core months probably of the movie being being popular, and then he'll, he might uh, move along. Um, Supergirl, as well. So let's go to Superwoman first. This is the Rebirth special. We'll get to the we'll get to the actual okay. Supergirl in a second. Superwoman uh, monthly. Phil Jimenez uh, writing and Phil Jimenez drawing mm. with Emanuela Lupacino. Oh. Pretty. Uh, she's doing the covers. Emmanuel Lubacino, as far as I know. Oh, okay, she is. Okay. Uh, Phil Jimenez, who did a great, great Wonder Woman run mm-hmm. in his time. I'm not sure who this character is. I don't really care. I'll be there for issue <laughs> one. 
they said a uh, new character. They said new character. So <laughs> I don't know what that's gonna mean. I don't know if that just means not the Earth Three. Yeah, crime syndicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good eight. hero. It definitely looks like it, yeah. the, the shots they put out definitely look like this is a hero. You know, yeah. kind of. The thing. sun is shining. She's kind of got a smile on her face. Yeah, yeah. Phil Jimenez, awesome. Yeah, so definitely. I'm, yeah, definitely cool. in for that. That's a cool, cool choice for a creative team on that. Um, and then uh, give me a smile, Joey. And then we're into September. Uh, sorry, and that's when actually Blue Beetle actually comes out. The other one I was talking about was the was the Rebirth special. We have Just League America coming out in September with no creative team so far. Yes, uh, we have to be announced Scott on writer Snyder. and artist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> calling it now. Um, Super Sons, which we were very it was one of we were very curious about right yes. before. Yeah. Um, it's going to be um, Damian Wayne. Cool. And. Uh, Jonathan Kent Jr., who is Clark and Lois's son. Just hanging out. Teaming up. Uh, looks very bright. Looks very happy. Uh, Chris Burns, Dennis, Dennis Culver, and Jorge Jimenez. Um, I believe I've, that's the artist, right? I don't know if they, I think so, they yeah. haven't have announced a writer yet, no. I don't think. Um, so, Scott Snyder. Right, Scott Snyder. <laughs> uh, excited, though. That, the, the idea of that book has me definitely excited. I tell you, I'm 100% down for that. Yeah. If it's them and the dog... It'll be amazing. <laughs> Gotta have, have some crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all the all the Superman pets, all the Batman pets, just hanging out, ha- yeah. hanging out, and Alfred, and Alfred, yeah. <laughs> driving uh, them around. Yeah, because they don't have their license. In yeah. a van, right? In a VW van. Yeah. I'm looking forward to a lot of smiling Jonathan Kent Jr. and a lot of yeah. scowling Damian Wayne. Yep. It's gonna be a good dynamic, I think. Excited about whatever that book is going to end up being. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Supergirl, uh, number one, new ongoing. Steve Orlando writing, coming off Midnighter, uh, and Brian Ching. Brian Ching is mm-hmm. the is the is the artist on, on that book. Um, so yeah, Supergirl has an ongoing series again. We we're now nearly through her first season of her television <laughs> show. Yeah. Um, and you know, with DCU, we obviously got they they took away the Supergirl book, which has been around since the beginning of fifty two and yep. around since forever, obviously. And now we finally have have one back. Uh for those craving a Supergirl like in in between the Adventures of Supergirl digital series is yeah. fantastic. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's fantastic. And I believe the, the the first physical issue comes out this week. Mm-hmm. Oh sweet. Yeah. Bengal on art and uh it, it captures the spirit of the show, but in my opinion, manages to do some characters better than the show does. Uh-huh. Sterling Gates is the writer of yes, it, I believe. Yes, that is, yeah. uh, kind of classic in that universe writer. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Super Lando, I didn't read much of Midnighter, but it's coming off a very, very... Yeah, I hear he's very, very good. excellent yeah. things about that series. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely giving this book one of their up-and-coming writers... Um, which I think is, is, is pretty exciting. Um, I will definitely check it out. Love Supergirl, um, and I'll definitely want to check that out. I think Emmanuel Pacino is doing covers, covers on that as well. Too, yeah. yeah, And she did such a good job with that book before they, on a very short time, they yeah. sort of like re... After it got done with all of the... Hell, hell on Earth. Earth. <laughs> finally got to breathe some life into it, you know. Um, there was a great like three or four issues they had together, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm happy to see yeah, that her she, Starfire was great. Yeah, she mm-hmm. gets back on, on to do that character a little bit more. Um, Trinity uh, as well. This is written uh, by Francis Manipal with interesting. with art by Francis Manipal and Clay Mann. Um, sort of going off both great artists. I will I could look at Francis Manipal art forever. Yeah. I could just stare at it forever. Um, it's the three characters you'd expect: it's Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. 
no idea of story or tone or anything like that yet, but they're just hanging out with the dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alfred's <laughs> driving them around. Yeah, it's like a Kevin Smith movie. They're just like yeah, just they're hanging out in a mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I will definitely check out an issue of that just to see what it's like because I will, like I said, I will check out Fred Semple mm-hmm. stuff any day of the week um, for that stuff. Uh, Batman Beyond uh, coming back. Dan Jurgens and Bernard Chang, the same <laughs> team that's been doing it for a while, but um, returning. Uh, Terry McGinnis back to uh, the the role, and obviously because Tim Drake is going to be back in regular time, being uh, Red Robin again. Cool. Um, so how many Robins are running around at once in this? Seven. The appropriate Seven. the appropriate amount, Bob. Okay. The amount that they're supposed to be. All of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, I believe uh, Teen Titans um, number one, which is Ben Percy. I just lost the team. Uh, <laughs> for which uh, not the 20 somethings titans yeah teen titans which john are... boy myers oh john boy myers ben percy john boy. john boy myers john boy yeah yeah so there you go yeah there we go it was on this page which i wasn't uh... john boy sounds like a nickname it does sound like it. yeah hey john boy yeah <laughs> like a 30s nickname or something it's exciting there's a lot of interesting stuff and like i said like a stuff that i'm gonna be jumping on mm-hmm. which is cool to see and i think that's part of what the the thing calls for yeah absolutely get those jumps or like steve said like there's so much of this book but now this supposedly is a time for me to jump on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and one thing jeff john said in the announcement was that uh he confirmed that legion of superheroes jsa new gods and shazam would all have a place in the post-rebirth universe but that each of these properties warranted a major story to herald their return and needed room to breathe and not get lost among today's announcements Mm -hmm. um I'll buy that for now. Yeah. So, I mean, the, all the books the listed there seem very exciting to me yeah. if they're, if they're yeah. coming back. And I, I guarantee you Jeff Johns is writing one of them. I'm saying it's JSA. Yeah, because he's not writing any of this stuff. Shazam. Shazam maybe too because he's been all about that character mm-hmm. lately. So or, overall thoughts on Rebirth. Overall thoughts. For me, um, some really exciting stuff. You know, definitely. Uh, like we talk, we obviously gushed about Rock of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what Tinian tynan does on detective and i'm excited to see how some of these books you know that even joey said like i read a little more dc than joey does but still books that i kind of have just sort of you know not paid attention to or felt like i got behind on i got a chance to maybe jump in and and see what i think about these characters you know it it definitely has that sort of you know fresh feeling of at least i get to try stuff you know i with the dcu stuff i got a chance to you know read a bunch of books that i wouldn't have read previously because i just wasn't interested in their creative mm-hmm. teams or or what have you um you know there, there are some stuff that i'm definitely disappointed by and, and i think after dcu the we seen dc kind of go backwards in in, yeah. in some ways um yeah you know I've, I've got a chart in front of me this is a tim hanley um does does a lot of this stuff um, I pulled just one of these graphs that, that he made, which is just female creators at DC Comics percentage. And this is of all books published. Because he also did one that was just of, of titles. But they said, well, you know, everything's double published. So you can't really count Tom King as writing one Batman book. He's actually writing two Batman books. So he, this counts, you know, every title yeah. shipped. Um, and he, it's all three. They have DC New 52, DCU, and, uh, and Rebirth. So... I will say that all of this stuff is better than the, the new 52, but that is not difficult at all. <laughs> I mean, that, that, <laughs> yeah. You couldn't be worse. So when the new 52 launched, it had, uh, a, you know, 1.7% of its creative talent w- total was women. Wow. Um, 
uh, DCU got that up to three point. Uh, sorry, no, sorry, it's then. I'm um, sorry, no, no, no. Three point four percent were were writers. Zero percent were artists. Huh. It, when the new Fifty Two launched, when DCU happened, that one point seven percent number went up to fourteen point seven percent for DCU. All right. You know, still not where it needs to be, but a, obviously a That's huge a significant jump. jump. Yeah. A significant improvement. Writers at fifteen percent. Artists at twelve percent. Um, wow. So big jumps, 12% jumps across the board for all of that stuff. Um, now with the rebirth stuff, we're down we're, we're from 14% to 8% total. Mm. Um, uh, you know, 9.6% uh, are writers, 6% are artists. Um, and I think it was a total of nine announced people, mm-hmm. nine announced women on creative teams so far. Um, again, might change with colorists, might, but whatever. It's still a very, very small number. And when I was watching the live stream, the first thing that comes out is the Batman group, right? And and on that stage, uh, you know, is Hope Larson and both writers of yeah. uh, of Batman, yeah. Batgirl, and the, the Birds Bat of Prey. Team. And you know, we've got female announcements for artists for some of those books, obviously. So it's a it's a pretty even percentage when you look at it r- right there. So a little bit group, skewed, yeah. but pretty. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I think I was talking to Hugh because Hugh was like live vlogging the thing for us. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like it, it, you know, there's three women on the stage there, and I think four men. Like that's a pretty cool thing to see. Right. And then after that, it just. That was it. Yeah, it flatlined. That was that. like half of all women who were going to be any of the books are right. in that initial Batman announcement. Um, and it, what hit and me it, too is, oh, go ahead, Steve. No, I was just going to say like, a lot of the a lot of their female creators that have been a part of the DCU mm-hmm. are now yeah. missing. Yes, absolutely. some very high profile right. people. And you, you know, Marguerite like, Bennett, you're Gail Annie Simone, Wu, Annie Gail Simone, Bennett. You're Marguerite Bennett. Yeah, where I, I mean, they're going to be on those books that aren't announced. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm, uh, like, I don't know the inner workings, right? Like, <laughs> no, nobody none knows of us what's do. happening yeah. behind closed doors and us. But like, what changed or what was the initiative between then and now that those creators are now? not to be found in this lineup yeah who knows you know ming doyle was another one she yes. was yes. obviously working heavily on the any wound no nope. and she's not anything Ooh, right now no. snap yeah so again we don't know the inner workings I, i'm not that's that's sorry yeah becky clunan becky yep. clunan well she may be back she may be back on yeah. on, 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 on let's say gotham academy was one of the ones that they didn't really talk about too much because john said they're not really part of the rebirth sort of initiative they're kind of staying so they may the just same. stick around they're just sticking around the same so gotham academy is coming back same team it's going to continue okay. from where it left off um so there's that stuff um but yeah i agree with you like those those kind of those big creators like margaret bennett not being a book is suspect i mean and again we don't know like is she signing exclusively somewhere else is she sort of going to wrap up her bombshell stuff and then mm-hmm. she she there's something on the workings but without knowing that stuff it looks like it's a pretty glaring oversight um and again in 2016 and if you go back and listen to when marvel announced their all new all different lineup we had the similar the same conversation right. um it's unacceptable and uh you know I, 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 we, 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 some people tweeted us about this on the uh, on the Twitter. Said, "Is this acceptable?" And I said, "Absolutely not." I, I was tweeting about it from my personal Twitter, and we, of course, got like the the idiots. Uh, like, I thought we lived in a you know a meritocracy where people got jobs where they deserved it, not because they look a certain way or a certain gender. And like, I, I, I get like this like weird like 
ideal you're talking about, but that's yeah. not the way the world works. Well, I I don't want to you know I don't want to denigrate people on this list that are no. on this list. No, but let's just say for the sake of argument, Gail Simone's name as compared to. 85% of the people on this list, yeah. if it's a meritocracy, yeah. yeah, she's on this list and they're not. Yeah, yeah. Margaret Bennett as well. Yes. Years. So, and, and again, and this is and this is not us about saying the people who are writing these books aren't going to be good at their jobs. Absolutely. And don't Absolutely. deserve their jobs. But it's one of those things where this is a continuing problem. And DC made steps, not, yeah. not just a few months ago. To, to so they obviously know it's a problem and are trying to and try to rectify that problem and now they're now they they've stepped back on it and this is not me saying that Jeff Johns is is a sexist or Jim Lee's a sexist or Dandy I I don't know these men from from a hole in the wall so I can't I can't speak to their 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 practices but you see you see um, and it's both men and women uh, there's a couple but there's so few women so it's even not even a place to even say this that come from different industries. That have been on books before that have not been great, that are getting jobs on high-profile books, and, and so it doesn't say their pitches weren't great. It doesn't say, they don't, like we said, we don't deserve to be writers here. But you can't tell me there aren't other creators that deserve chances. And I don't want to hear from anyone. And I'm telling you right now, even if you think it's true, I don't have anyone that maybe these people didn't apply for these jobs because they don't want to write superhero books. Stop with the bullshit. Like you know, it's just like <laughs> it, it, this is not that's not the truth. It's just not the truth. And and if and I, I'm I'm tired of us having to have this same conversation every time one of these yeah. lineups comes out. It's just it gets really upsetting as, as it goes through. What makes it tough for me too is to see a book like like I was talking about before about that new Superman book with Gene mm -hmm. Lu and Yang at the fore writing a book with you know an an Asian character at the fore, and it's like that step is so bold and good and yeah. exciting and then it's like so someone is yeah exactly you know yeah. like yeah. someone's ha saying this is a good idea yeah. what is keeping the rest of it from from moving forward same thing happened with the only all different stuff yeah. you have greg pack doing um the amadeus cho story yeah totally awesome hulk and i and i love that book because of what it, it is mm -hmm. for that line and then it's like but but why aren't we making the effort anyplace else that's yeah. what makes it just all the more kind of upsetting mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the potential is there and and the people are there and the stories are there take the step man yeah take the step absolutely yeah. and i and it's something that where like, i don't think like again we talked we talked we talked so highly of greg rucka and i haven't spoken to anyone who isn't incredibly excited about greg rucka taking over wonder woman it's it doesn't you know man woman it doesn't matter he's the probably the best person to, to write this book um has proven it before that he, that he can do it and like you know, I'm not saying Steve Orlando doesn't start to write Supergirl. I don't. I'm not a person who thinks that just because it's a female book, a female creator should be writing it or drawing it. Because I think female creators should be writing and drawing male lead books. Writing Batman. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like it. It's just it's a glaring oversight to me. And yeah. like Joey said, it's one of those things too where I don't want it to seem like. And it's obviously not true. We're not completely negative about it. There are things you really like about it, but there can be things you can like something and be critical of it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think there's things to be very critical about about what DC is yeah. doing. I want a Becky Cloonan Scarecrow book. That's what I want. Okay, but like Scarecrow book is not going to sell. <laughs> you never sell know. It. They'll sell it to me. All Star They'll Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Star yeah. Batman. Yeah. He'll show up. Yeah, yeah. But Becky Cloonan. Would Becky Cloonan Hellblazer? Becky Cloonan Hellblazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be great. Yeah, yeah. Becky Cloonan Hellblazer. Becky Cloonan Batman would be great. Yeah. She's proven herself to be a great writer. 
But that's why I like the Hope Larson thing so cool. You know, yeah. I associated with with graphic novels, and I looked them up just to make sure that I was going. Like, she wrote the Wrinkle in Time adaptation mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and and this great graphic novel called Mercury. Mm-hmm. And then to see her name there, it's like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a step forward. She's she's. She, I don't remember what what book is she on. Back Becca, up, right? Yeah, like back that's on the that's yeah. so good. And to see that, like that's so exciting. That's the kind of excitement that, like, if they want people to get excited for, like, some of those weird books, like yeah. Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns, like, make a step. take yeah. Do something bold with those, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. 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 And it's really just about Sorry. wanting more from, you know, from the company, wanting them to be their best. And I think being their best includes making it as all-inclusive as possible. Now, there's a chance that with those extra books and with a kerfuffle over this, that yeah. then there are extra... Yeah, editions. All those extra books. It's all women writers. Yeah, and, and then all and, and people of color and it, women right, yeah. writing those it, books. Look, yeah. the numbers are where they are. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. I know. It it it's it, it, it's a rough thing to, to say. And it, and again, it's it's tough to talk about because you don't want to feel like you're insulting the people who no. got these jobs, like they don't deserve it. But no, and, and we yeah. we can't impart motives to no, anyone. No, no, we could speculate like mad yeah, and so, yeah. Oh, they're not doing this because we don't know that. But we so notice the silences. We notice yeah, the yes, absences. Absolutely. And that's kind of something that we're getting better at. Yeah. That was kind of like you you said it earlier where we were watching the live stream mm-hmm. and that first group came out and I saw like the ratio mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, word, like that's yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as they shuffled off stage and they started bringing in the other packs, like, I'm like, hmm. This yeah. is is starting to get a little uh, a little dongy in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. I'm just saying. Yeah, it definitely I'm was. I'm just saying, and, and like you said, not to say that nobody's not you know, they're gonna do a great job mm-hmm. or they're gonna do what they do, but take like Joey said, take the leap. Yeah, take yeah. the leap and and believe in those creators and be the company that makes that difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, and they seem like they were taking those steps, and that's that's the thing that's the most frustrating about it was because three, four months ago, five months ago, they felt like they were making that step. And we were praising yes the DCU, YOU, in in unequivocally glowing terms. Yeah, it was a nice step. It was an attempt to address a new readership, a new marketplace, and. I understand they didn't sell as well as they probably would have liked, mm-hmm. but you don't start an initiative like that and expect complete success across the board. If you look at what Marvel did, and they still have their own set of problems, yes, which we address so. all the time. Yeah. But you know, Captain mm-hmm. Marvel never sold mm-hmm. giant numbers, but Captain Marvel begat Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl and Hellcat mm-hmm. and Thor and all those things that are happening that all add together into something different. Yeah. Right? And that DC was heading in that direction, yeah. and they still had their other books. Yeah. If you want to read Justice League, you know, that was still there, mm-hmm. and now you had this other entryway into their fabulous characters. Mm-hmm. As much as I'm a Marvel zombie, DC has the greatest superhero characters mm. yeah. of all time mm-hmm. on one roster, and there's no entryway. For yeah. so many people, right. and yeah. that I think that new way was it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing is, like the DC, the DCU was a great initiative, but it didn't have the promotion and the they didn't do a, a live, you know, streamed, yes. you know, panel to talk about the new DCU. They announced it, and it, it's great. It was great when they did it, but it wasn't it wasn't branded with this giant initiative and it wasn't just kind of rolled into it right. they kind read, of rolled read into bizarro it. read the new back yeah which is great i mean believe me i i would I, you know in a perfect world i would rather 
comic book companies not do what they're doing right now, which is like we got to upend it every three years to make something completely you know new. But I, I feel like the, it's hard to complete the sales when you're not putting the marketing behind you, yeah, the yeah. the initiative that, that that you're coming out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely ways that they can be better about about what they're doing. I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of these books, and, and mm-hmm. I think you're gonna get some really good stuff. I think that believe me, the return of the sort of the 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 legacy of the DC universe is very attractive to me, you know, Flash family, you know, Bat family, all this kind of stuff, you know, the pets, the pets, you know, <laughs> it's coming, yeah. I mean, they show the cover of of one of the covers of of Green Arrow, and Dinah is on the cover, you know, oh, and it's yeah. like, look who's back or whatever, and it's like, are they going to be married again? Because that would be awesome. Like that's like I want those things back. That sense of family that the, that universe had. Um, that you know, Marvel has had in, in pockets, but never had that sort of that. That was something DC had over Marvel mm-hmm. was that sense of legacy and bringing it back. I think is a great move for them, but they need to be able to bring that legacy back and also incorporate the the new. And you know, I, I think that you mentioned Batgirl before, and, and I think that Batgirl when when Stewart and and Tar and Fletcher took over, there was no DCU. But I think much the same way that Wade and Samney's Daredevil sort of ushered in this, like, let's be a little more fun and different at Marvel again. I I feel like that did the same thing with DC, and I felt like Marvel stuck to it, and and they've seen great sales numbers based off of it. And DC sort of seemingly gave up relatively quickly. I say seemingly because we haven't seen these books, so I'm not going to say that there isn't stuff in there that's going to feel like that again. But it just, it seems like they're, they're sort of... They're they're pulling the ripcord a little early on on this whole mm. decision, um, so we'll see. It's it's a big we'll see. Yeah. Um, we might, but we we might you know in five years we we'll be saying, man, that was the best run of one woman that's 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 ever happened. You know, there's a good chance of that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a good chance of that. Um, man, we've been talking for a long time already, and we still got to talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, it's gonna be a really short conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's not, not a lot to talk about. So let's let's roll right into Batman. No, I need to take a break. Oh, you need to take a break. Okay. I need to. I'm an old man. I, okay. I, I think I, I think a two yeah. minutes. All right, so we're gonna take a little, take a little, yes. uh, <laughs> a leisure break, and we'll be, we'll be right back. Alcohol break after this. <laughs> Time to review Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice as Bob pours himself a little bit more whiskey. I'm gonna need it. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those days. Um, uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice is directed by Zack Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Such a great start. Uh, yeah, yeah, such a great uh, start. Written Zach by David. Snyder. Yeah, written by David Goyer and Chris Terrio, starring Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Amy Adams, Gal Gadot, Jesse Eisenberg. Jeremy Irons, Scoot McNary, Scoot McNary, yeah, starring Scoot yeah. McNary, <laughs> Holly Hunter, um, Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, exactly, um, and I'm Diane sure Lane. Diane Lane, true, Some others as well, lots of actors, lots and a of, cameo, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, yes, yeah, Laura yeah. Cohan, it's true, you know, I didn't even it's realize a, that a, until after the fact. Yeah. It's a good cast. It's a very yeah. good cast. Well, we'll talk about that a little later on when we get into some other stuff. Um, so yeah, so. Uh, 
I think it's well known by most people who listen to the show, um, <laughs> our, our thoughts on Man of Steel. And so I know that a lot of people out there are listening or thinking they already know what this review is going to be like. And, um, and you know, I think if you're, if you're here and it's going to upset you to listen to negative stuff about this movie, um, then I, I probably advise that you, you don't, you don't listen because there will be stuff negative about the movie. There will be positive things about the movie as well. But I, I'm just starting this off because I've been very disheartened over the last couple of days with the, the, the discourse on online, both from people who like the movie and don't like the movie. Um, there is a very sort of, there, there's a vitriol and a vile to a lot of what's being thrown around. And um, I mean, I get it. I mean, you love, you're very passionate about this stuff and, and, and that's, it's good to be passionate, but in the end, it's really, it's just a movie and you've got to be able to talk about it and not get personal with people. It's it, mm-hmm. nobody, if, if people who like it or don't like it, don't get it any more or any less than you yeah. do. There's no conspiracy to, to kneecap the, the DC movie universe. Yeah. Critics aren't being paid off by Disney and Marvel to write bad reviews you know, and, and, and <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things that's just don't. And again, I'll say this too: whether you like it or don't like it, don't let your kind of self worth be wrapped up in what you think of of a, of a movie. You know, it it yeah. doesn't it doesn't mean anything for your your personal well being. And none of yeah. any sort of any sort of disagreement is not a personal attack. Uh, and I, I just. I, I think it's a weird thing to have to say because it's, it's so obvious, but I think it needs to be said. Well, I remember, Robert, we were in my car, your car. Mm-hmm. It was the day that Roger Ebert passed away. Mm-hmm. And we had a very nice conversation. I would come back from the airport. Yeah, think, something that, yeah, going yeah. into the yeah, airport. Yeah, yeah. About, well, here were two guys, and Siskel and Ebert, or Ebert and Roper mm-hmm. later on, who could have the most violent disagreements you would think, but on substance. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. never personal, and it was a disagreement between people who had just genuinely differing opinions. Mm. And that's what these are. They're yeah. opinions. Yeah. They shouldn't be attached to your worth as a human being. No. Your taste among everything else. I'm sure if we went through not only this room, but our entire internet community yeah. for talking comics, we all have something that the rest of you would go, you like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't diminish any of us no. because we no. something touches you positively or negatively. And can't we just leave it at that without attacking each other? Yeah. One of the things that I've seen over the past couple of days that has really kind of put me out is I've been seeing people that respect others writing people off based on their opinion of yeah, this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. just dismissing them entirely. Mm-hmm. And not only do I think that that's, that's unfair and that that's, that's wrong to do, but, I mean, if you've been – in our case, if you've been listening to to something for a couple of years, or maybe you're a new listener mm-hmm. or whatever, I would like to think that our opinions on something matter enough to you that you don't just tune out and pretend like it, like we mm-hmm. don't have opinion on this thing. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, it is just a movie. It is just a movie. <laughs> and look, I mean, I know there's a lot, I mean, this happens with the comic side of things too, right? There's a lot of DC versus Marvel and a lot of people who, who put their stock within which one is more successful and which one does better. And, you know, I think there's nothing better in the world for us as comic book fans if both companies are producing at the highest level Amen. possible yeah. and making great movies. And as and as, uh, as Bob mentioned before, you know, as much as he loves Marvel, he thinks that DC has the best heroes 
you know that are out there and and i think that all we want is for these movies to be great and and it is very easy to 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 fall back into easy comparisons and say like well it should be more like this marvel movie or that marvel movie and we're gonna try not not to do stuff like that i mean i don't think that's because it's not a helpful criticism if you haven't seen those movies like it doesn't mean anything you know try to you know but i think there will be two kind of distinct sort of feelings this review one of it how it functions as a movie on its own and how we think it functions as adaptation of characters that we hold rather beloved. And and those I, I think are both valid criticisms, especially on a comic book podcast, right. of course. Uh, I just want to say one more thing. Um, I, I've noticed a lot of, you know, drawing a line in the sand between mm. fans and critics mm-hmm. and critics, yeah. fans mm-hmm. turning on critics mm-hmm. and critics turning on the commercialism mm-hmm. of the thing and whatever, you know, I just want people to keep in mind that here on this podcast, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. I should have rephrased it. I'm sorry. Mm. But for me, I am always a fan first. Mm. That has that has been established long before we even started this thing, before mm. Bobby even, even emailed me or texted me and said, hey, do you know anyone? Mm-hmm. You know, I have been a Batman fan of all the stuff that my whole life that I was not reading, I was reading Batman. Mm. So to draw that line in the sand, I just remember that this is coming from a place where we are passionate about these things. And if we do say something that you don't agree with, maybe hear us out before you pass judgment. Absolutely. And, and if you do disagree with us, I would love to hear how you disagree with us. Yes. But I will tell you right now, if, if the email, tweet, Facebook message you send us is attacking or rude or, or anything like that, I'm just going to delete it and block you. So that that's the way it's going to go. Um, so if you want to speak, let's speak in any sort of sort of civil way. Um, and I also do like we just about about film critics. You know, they're people too who just watch. Uh, they they watch a lot of movies yeah. and they have a different sort of they have a different uh, like barometer. And sometimes they're harsher on stuff than a normal film goer because that's their job to b- tell you whether or not you should spend your time and money on this. Some there are plenty of horrible film critics. But there are also plenty of good ones. So I, I think it's important to remember that there's not some like group body that goes to see movies all together and then write their reviews together. There's there's yeah. uh, they're all they hang out and they're like, yo, let's trash this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, exactly. Let's have some fun. Exactly. That's... But their opinion, while it's a kind of a buyer's guide to see the movie or not, is not doesn't mean that your opinion is any less valid than someone who goes to see mm-hmm. 300 movies a year. It, right. just, it just doesn't matter if you and also. This is review, if, even if we're negative about it, is not about trying to tear down your enjoyment of something. If you enjoyed it, then awesome. Great. Like that's awesome. And like I like I, I am happy for anybody who is able to walk out of any movie and love it because that's a great feeling to have. So all that being said, um, let's get into the review um, about it. So like I said before, if you don't know how this things works, we're gonna do top level, just general impression stuff. Then we'll we'll do a clear kind of spoiler um, separation and talk about spoilers. I I I am going to assume just I mean, we haven't we haven't like mapped out this review or anything like that that like we never do. But a lot of the deeper character stuff is probably going to come in the spoiler section, you know, because there's a lot yeah. of stuff that goes on that we have to talk about details in order to kind of give our our positive or negative critiques about that stuff. So just so you know about that stuff. But um, kind of top level, and 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 I'll start out um, for me um just a, a, as a movie um separate of even men of steel of any other the comic book stuff I, I think the movie has a lot of problems as far as its its structure and and the way the script is written i think that um you can definitely feel a lot of cooks in the kitchen you know in in the, in, in the forming of 
of this script you know there's a lot of scenes that are sort of they feel like they're they're pushed together and they don't really flow naturally into one another um it, it, it's a no i don't think there's any set time on how long a movie should be but th there this movie is both i think too long and is is too is missing stuff at the same time um, there are whole plot points, especially on the villain side of things, that are just sort of left completely up to your imagination to, to fill in. And, and I think that undercuts not only the story, but also performances that, that, that are happening in the movie at the same time. I also feel like character motivations a lot of the time are either completely unclear at, at, you know, at best and often completely laughable at, at, at worst you know it's people doing things to push the plot along and that's not and that's not you know the way that you know decisions by characters are supposed to be made at least not so baldly you know you're not supposed to watch it and and and, and feel that way um you know I, I think there are like we mentioned the actors before there, there's really good actors in, in basically every crevice movie even henry cavill who's superman i don't like uh, he's a good you can tell he's a good actor and these actors are able to take scenes that I think are sometimes clunky and sometimes don't work and make them workable because there's such good performances happening. Right. Um, you know, for me, sort of generally, I liked it more than I liked Man of Steel. And therefore, I liked it more than I expected to like the movie walking out of it. But I still have more negative than positive to, to say about it. And my, I think the biggest thing that undercuts it, you know, there are definitely philosophical things that I have major problems with, with, with the movie character interpretations, which I, I don't like. Um, but, but outside of that, I think the biggest, the biggest noose around this thing's neck is, is the script and the way that the movie is, is structured yes. and put together. Yes, yeah. I, I think that it, 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 you know, it, it has a lot of sagging points that, that could be, that could be fixed. And then a lot, and then the rush points that could be elongated. So I, I feel like it just everywhere it happens. And again, it's written by. Look, I have my problems with David Goyer, but David Goyer is a screenwriter who's written a lot of scripts and knows how to how to how to organize a movie. Mm -hmm. I might not agree with the things that happen in in Man of Steel, but it has a beginning, middle, and end yep. that work from from one another. Whether I agree with the choices the characters make or not. It has a structure that works. Chris Terrio is an Oscar-winning screenwriter. He wrote Argo, so like he, the, the, this is thing that happens. There's a, there, so there's something that is missing here that went wrong here, and I think that's the biggest thing that really, really hurts this movie is a is a poorly written script. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, that's sort of the the overall feelings for me, and we can get into other stuff obviously as we go along. But Joey, what what about you? I'm I'm inclined to agree with a, a lot of that, um, especially because a lot of those sagging points that you're talking about in terms of the structure of the film happened in that first hour, mm -hmm. and that first hour and a half, the first half of the film. That's that's a big challenge mm -hmm. to to a movie in terms of the engagement of it, and it it's tough too because there's a lot of expectation and excitement going into the film mm -hmm. uh the gentleman sitting next to me was there with his friend and and i got talking to him before the show before the show before the <laughs> the movie because you know he was talking about mm -hmm. i think the daredevil stuff on netflix and mm -hmm. we got talking about it and he was like you know i'm 40 years old and i've been waiting my whole life for this movie mm -hmm. i'm so excited um but in that first hour the, the dude falls asleep mm -hmm. and that's upsetting to see you yeah. know especially because you're trying to rope in an audience mm -hmm. um i will say this though you mentioned the performances. I really enjoyed pretty much all of them, maybe one or two. But the last 
once you get through that first hour and a half and, and things start moving along, how we got there, you may disagree with, but the last 45 minutes or so of the film, I actually really did enjoy. Mm. The third act of the movie, once we kind of get into some of the, the crazier things that go on, and again, we, we don't want to talk about spoilers, mm. but I did really find myself perking up a little bit and getting a lot more engaged in the last 45 minutes of the film. Mm. Um, now, again, you mentioned the kind of philosophical stuff and philosophically how we got to those points and some of the things that go down, you know, maybe negatives or, or things that you disagree with but um, I did enjoy it and I did find myself kind of along for the ride in the end of the film and I think that speaks to the characters mm -hmm. I think that speaks to the performances and I think that speaks to something that I'm really excited for which is the the promise and the potential for these characters going forward mm. I think that's something that I did walk out excited about uh, which I didn't expect to, you know, especially after the first kind of clunkiness of the, of the first chunk when they're kind of trying to introduce these things and ideas. I was like, I don't buy any of this. And then I was, as I was walking out, I was like, you know what? I, I actually do want to see that movie and I do want to see that character kind of going forward. So in that sense, I think the last chunk of the film did get me excited. Mm -hmm. I do agree, though, that structurally and in terms of how it was kind of presented, the fact that it's the first act that, that really is long mm -hmm. and a bit of a slog is a big hit on the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's boring for a while. Yeah, It gets mm -hmm. exciting, mm -hmm. but it's boring for a while. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's not even talking about characters or whatever. That's just like yeah. it's a boring movie for mm -hmm. a chunk. Right. Yeah. Steve, what about you? Are we doing pros and cons here? I'm just eventually. thinking overall, eventually, just as overall kind of big picture, you okay. know, if so, if someone said to you, like, I haven't seen the movie, I don't know anything about it, you know, yes or no. should I go Hit and me. see it? And why? Should you go and see it? Yes. Yeah, but why? Because it's supposed to be the thing that Yeah, is... but forget what it's supposed to be. I don't, I'm just telling you, honestly, if, if you, dude. If, if you were going to say, someone's like, listen, I, I, I'm not like the person who's gonna just go see a movie because Batman and Superman are in it. You know, it's it's two and a half hours. You know, I've heard stuff about it. Is it worth it to sit down and watch it? What would you tell that person? No, no. Now, why not? Just over, just big, big picture, big level. Well, both both you and Joey have have hit on a couple of things. Um, for me personally, uh, I find the movie to be structurally broken. Mm -hmm. I think that there are an enormous amount of missteps in the delivery of the of the information mm -hmm. of the characterizations. Uh, I think the the pacing of it for a large majority of the film is absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the film expects too much of its audience in terms of them knowing aspects of the DC universe that have not have yet to be established, particularly in the Lex Luthor uh, mm. ring, that I know these things, but the audience doesn't know mm. these things. And there's not enough there to establish motive. There's not enough there to establish character. And for the huge things that happen, it just doesn't come together well in a in a in a cohesive and entertaining thing mm -hmm. for me right yeah yeah of course. um i enjoyed a vast majority of the performances mm -hmm. i if we're getting into it now uh generalities i thought that uh ben affleck as batman was very good 
I, 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 I liked both his Batman and his Bruce Wayne. I liked his Batman a little bit more than his Bruce Wayne. Um, his Bruce Wayne was a little, a little lethargic for me, but I, I, I understand they're trying to go for this. He's brooding. Yeah. Right, but he's brooding, but he's also, <laughs> they've built this movie as like, he's a, he's a broken, tired Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He's been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. And given the Superman situation, he's kind of at the end of his rope. So I understand that performance mm-hmm. that that he gives, and I, and I accepted it that way. Um, for what we get of Wonder Woman, even though can I get into this stuff now? I wouldn't get too far into it. I mean, I would just say like if you liked Wonder Woman's inclusion, I know. I I liked of the 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 very little mm-hmm. that we got from her in this. I don't like her introduction to the universe, but I like her participation in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into more stuff like that. Um, but in terms of if somebody asked me if it was a good movie or not, and this is just me, mm-hmm. I, ha- I have to say no. Mm-hmm. Because a- as a person who loves film and who who likes a story, and this is coming from a person who... I you know, I did not like Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. When we reviewed Man of Steel. Yeah. I was all over it. Yeah. I was very I was you know obnoxious to a point and, and whatever. Um, but like you said, Man of Steel has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. I have never for two things happened to me with this movie. One, I have never been bored watching a superhero movie, ever. Mm-hmm. Even even Catwoman because <laughs> I was laughing all the while at how absolutely absurd the whole thing was and having fun at laughing at it. So at least I had something to do. This is the first superhero movie where I was bored. And this is also the first uh, movie in general that I've ever watched that I felt like I was watching it in fast forward and in slow motion at the same time. Mm. Where scenes, there there were no establishing shots. There was no clear marker for this is where we are now. This is what we're doing. And I think I think the movie has a lot of great ideas. I think it's it's trying to set up a lot of exciting things. But I think that the 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 editing and the writing end of it really hampered the the delivery mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of the film. And that's all I'll say for right now until we get into spoilers. Um there just to be clear there are things that i will mention later that i i did enjoy mm-hmm. about the movie and I'll, I'll get to those in a little bit absolutely yeah. bob what steve said <laughs> I, I agree with what everyone's mm-hmm. saying here there are structural problems mm-hmm. there are weird character motivations odd scene transitions dream sequences within dream sequences mm-hmm. that do presume a knowledge yeah from the audience that isn't even there from us Mm. who were doing this all the Mm. time. There are some wonderful performances, some very nuanced things. And that said, there are some lost opportunities because there are some great performers in here who get nothing to do but mouth stupid nonsense Mm -hmm. that makes no sense to these characters, this film, movies in general, just weird shorthand. And what's... I'm going to mention something that's going to, it's going to sound really weird, I guess, but I do a lot of that. The first Star Trek movie, when it was out, it was lots of reaction shots and weird, let's look at this big thing on the view screen. <laughs> There's a longer cut that's a director's cut 
that plays shorter <laughs> because what gets inserted is character moments mm -hmm. and real script and real ideas. There's a, I think there's a really good movie here that got lost in spectacle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that troubles me because these are some of the greatest fictional characters of all time. And I'm not just talking about comic books. Mm -hmm. This is Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And they're not served well by what happens around them. Right. And that, that, no. that's what disturbs me more than anything else. I like this more than Man of Steel, mm -hmm. which isn't saying a whole lot. Right, right, I, right, I must admit. Yeah. But the moments that, that got me, and there weren't many of them, but mm. when they're there, it's like, oh, could we have gone there? Mm. Could we have addressed mm -hmm. this real socio-political issue yeah. instead of blowing stuff up? Mm -hmm. And that troubles me because this is, as we talked about the last time, if everyone's introduction to these characters is this and not something grander, mm -hmm. that, that disturbs me because I, as a student of the history of these things, boy, is there so much depth yeah. that isn't addressed. Yeah. You know, I, I think for me, you know... Um, Zack Snyder as a filmmaker, I, I, I think that he, he doesn't have uh, this sort of authorship or authorship that I sometimes I I don't want to say it like this because it's, it's going to sound very degrading to him, but like, like that I, I think he thinks he does have, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, and we, we talked about this on uh, your birthday yes. thing, and, and I've read an article since then, but I was thinking about it that weekend, like. He's very much to me, you know, a Michael Bay type filmmaker. Great visual stylist. He's able to put together scenes, put together, you know, frames that are gorgeous. And he's able to, he, and he's especially very good at this sort of, this sort of operatic and often, you know, dark uh, action that, that he's able to put out on screen. He's done it many times in, in his movies. And, and, and I think that, but but I think that he, coming from sort of I guess Nolan sort of shepherding in Man of Steel at least since initial sort of days or whatever, I feel like he sort of wants to insert sort of these these more deeper meanings into his movies, and I just don't think he gets there. You know, I I think he falls short of, of that, and and I think it's it feels like philosophy of someone who's read you know the quotes on like a, <laughs> a, a quotable yeah. page, you know, Brainy quote, Brainy quote yeah. of philosophy, and like. Um, and, and I think that's where it falls short. Cause I think if you're going like, I have problems with some of the, the choices that someone like Christopher Nolan made with the Batman universe, but with Christopher Nolan, you know, there's an, an incredible amount of intelligence and thought mm -hmm. and depth on everything he's doing. There's a coherence to yes. the three films together. Yeah. And whether or not you agree with them or not, if you talk to Christopher Nolan, his whole position would probably be unassailable when you, when you talk yeah, to him, you'd you know? buy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but here, I don't feel like I'm in the hands of someone who has that sort of stewardship, right? I'm in the hands of someone who just, like, and it's it's fine if you just love big explosions and, and cool looking stuff. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I've watched plenty of movies in my life where, yeah, like that's awesome. But like, uh, for me, and uh, we, we'll get into the deeper sort of like character stuff as as we go along. But for me, he doesn't really have he doesn't he doesn't grasp what i find to be some of the core tenets of the characters in which he's he's handling and and, and when you listen to him talk about stuff he seems to double down on, on, on that stuff in, in general and if these are if these are interpretations of the characters that you you know that you dig like that's cool but like for me mm -hmm. there are things here that just like 
even when things are sort of working well and some of that stuff in, in the end, right, things are working well, but there are stuff that characters do that takes me out yeah. Uh, 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 as a fan of the source material, that takes me out of of what of what's happening in, in front of me, even when it's well orchestrated and exciting action. Um, I do agree with Steve. You said about Affleck. I, I think that yeah. he's. I think in in the in for me in the right Batman movie, he's the best Batman. You know, and and, and there are times here where he still is the best Batman I've ever seen cinematically. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are times where he's. But it's in, the, but the whole movie, just like a whole movie, is it's inconsistent. Not in his performance. The performance is across the board great, but in the way Batman is sort of portrayed. Sometimes he seems like the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes he does really dumb stuff, you know. And um, but here you get the way he fights, you know, hand to hand wise, is the most Batman I've ever seen. That scene in the warehouse yeah. near the end is the best bat fight I've ever yeah. seen in oh, it's anything brutal, man. ever. Yeah, yeah. But but it's so Batman. Yeah. 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 Except when he does stuff that's absolutely not Batman, right. you know, yeah. and so that's the that's the problem for me, right? There's there's a lot of those things for me, and I agree with you, Steve, too, about the Luther stuff. I think that, and, and this is just top level on Jesse Eisenberg. I feel like he's acting in a different movie than sort of everyone else is acting in. Yeah, I mean, and I like I think I don't think Jesse Eisenberg is the wrong actor to play this part because there are times where I see that. I see that Luther sort of spark, right. but there are other times where it feels like he's not playing Lex Luthor. He's playing somebody else. Playing, he's Jim doing, Carrey's Riddler. Yeah. yeah. He's doing something that's going to get played out later on. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think something too, like the, the philosophical things that you're bringing up with, with uh, the Batman stuff and kind of the, the reading of the character. I tried to go into this movie kind of, um, not removing myself from that, but trying to view it separate of that, especially because I actually watched Man of Steel the night before, mm -hmm. just to kind of get ready and kind of setting like, this is the universe I'm mm -hmm. walking into tomorrow, not this universe that I've been reading or, right. or whatever, right? Um, and in that sense, I think that where you see the kind of the, the, the disconnect isn't necessarily in terms of the philosophical interpretations of these characters, but in terms of how that disconnect from the the brains of the film that you're trying to make mm -hmm. trickles down into, like you said, the motivations for the characters, what is emphasized, what scenes are your climaxes? Like, do you earn the ending? And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if this movie in its first two acts earns the coolness of its third act, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's something really interesting too. And I think that comes from, um, that disconnect in the filmmakers, and not just Snyder, but the mm. writers. Yeah, and absolutely. All that too. Everything down the line. Yeah. But it's his name's on it. No, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but you know, I don't think they get what their own movies trying to do. Right. Yeah. And what all these different people in their movie are trying to do, and and that's when you get the kind of like Jesse Eisenberg in one scene doing mm. a very specific Luther, and then two scenes later doing something that it's like, wait, why? Like, where right, did this yeah. come from? Yeah, yeah. You know, it never seemed like that was locked down. Mm -hmm. So, again, I, I don't know if it's like, oh, I just don't understand Lex Luthor's character. I think it's more like I didn't really make a good movie here. Right, right. right. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I think you, you kind of nailed it with, with what you said there about the, the sort of earning the, the things that, that are going on. Um, and, you know, for me, I will say that, like, you know, and the problem, too, is like if you're going to have two characters in a movie that are combating, whether it's a movie about characters that are created before or that are brand new – there needs to be some contrast between the two opposing forces. Yeah. And here there really isn't any contrast. 
kind of Clark and Bruce, Superman, Batman are essentially the same. You know, they're, they're they essentially are, are they don't no, one's not of the light and one's not of the dark. Both yeah. are kind of in the shadows and the murk. And they switch positions within the movie itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but they all sort of they feel very samey and. Yeah. and and I, and I think that that's an issue just in, in the broad stroke of, of, of what's happening in, in the movie. And, um, you know, I will say there's a couple things I want to I want to put on some quick positive stuff. Steve, do you want to say something yeah. before we move on? I, I can't decide whether or not I should save this for, for spoilers. Well, stuff. What is it sort of about? It's about the 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 messaging of the of the movie and its place in like the DCU and going forward. Um, I would wait on that stuff because yeah, that stuff is kind of spoilery. Pretty, I think I know, I know what you're talking. When about. When we hit the spoiler section, can we actually start with me so I can absolutely, get it out? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I'm like jittery absolutely, over here. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think. Uh, uh, well, I, I will say quickly. We get the Batman origin again, which again, that's five yeah. minutes that we can. Well, we get it twice. Too. We can get we can get rid of <laughs> it out of the movie. Out of the movie. Um, I just don't need to see it anymore. Like it, yeah. it's just it, everybody needs to do it. I, I I get it. It's a very it's a very iconic iconic scene. But we've seen it so many times right. before. Pieces adrift were on the beach. Yes. No Batman's origin. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I but I will say this: what follows that origin story? I think the the pers- it was in the trailers. The perspective of the Metropolis destruction from Bruce's perspective, I think, is a really affecting, oh, yeah. really strong way to open a movie. Yes, and especially because. What Bruce is doing in those moments is Batman as hell. You know, he's like, he is running into danger when everyone else is running the other way. He is putting his own life on the line to save one person. And and that stuff is very heroic to me. And at that that point, you do see sort of like the, the, the sort of dichotomy between the two people um and i loved that moment you know i thought that was a great way it was a very strong way to open that movie mm-hmm. you know him holding that girl in his yeah. arms and awesome. like and like patting I her i perked up i was yeah. like this is gonna be great yeah. <laughs> you know it's a great moment and, and like i think a lot of that after that disappoints after that but that is a really great way to open a movie i think uh can i say something about the other yeah one? of course so here's here's where I'm kind of different um, from some people. I've seen a lot of, and I've heard it before, and to some extent I agree with it. We've seen the origin of Batman a thousand times. Here's my thing with that. I kind of don't mind, and I'll tell you why. One, they did it in the opening credits. If you're going to do it anywhere, do it in the opening credits mm-hmm. so that, you know, while we're rolling into the movie and giving everybody their names and stuff like that, we can just get through it. Mm-hmm. It was very Watchmen style, too. Very yeah. Watchmen. So yeah. there, was, so, yeah. there was one shot in that opening that I positively loved, and that was when the Joe Cool... Is it Joe Cool? Joe Chill. Joe Chill, yeah. sorry. Close. <laughs> yeah. And um, Snoopy does not kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the gun is, be, is being held on, on Martha, mm-hmm. and the, t- the top of the gun goes back and that's how the pearls yeah. break oh, yeah. apart yeah. which yeah. is it's from the dark knight straight out yeah. Yeah. returns i yeah. really liked yeah. that shot yeah. straight i thought out that shot returns. was cool yeah um and, and in all honesty i know it's redundant to show it again and again and everybody's kind of we've seen it before mm. blah, blah 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 i enjoy watching certain things over again to see how somebody else interprets those those iconic scenes visually mm-hmm. and just just maybe I don't like that that interpretation but just as an experiment for myself I like watching something familiar sometimes done again and again to see the different ways in which it's executed mm-hmm. 
So in that way, I kind of enjoy seeing the origin of of uh, oh. Bruce's parents getting it. I, I, I get that, yeah. especially yeah. from such a it was a great visual moment, which mm. speaks to the mm. strengths of the filmmakers. Yeah, you know? like yeah. that opening sequence it was really dynamic. Yeah, and really interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come on, yeah. <laughs> he's a Papa Zack Winchester. Snyder like uh, good luck charm or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but yeah. So you know, for me, that opening scene is great. I will say too, I really enjoyed the music in the movie quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, sorry, I have to take my medication. <laughs> the the Hans Zimmer mixed with the like kind of like the more techno-y, like junky XL stuff. I thought really worked, especially I think the Wonder Woman. Oh my oh, I God. don't see. I completely disagree. Oh, I no, loved see, that's it. That's the only moment I like the music. I hated that guitar riff. Oh, really? Yeah. I hated oh, it. Oh, I love oh, that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what? Oh, this movie's yeah, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I yeah. hated that guitar riff so much. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I was like, this seems like uh, like like here comes a badass. Like, I wish I, I wish the whole movie had been like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wish they hadn't given away that exact moment in the trailers, but that's well. Yeah, that's that, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's a whole that's, other marketing yeah. problem. It's not really a problem. Of, it's not the movie's fault, obviously. That that, that happens. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's kind of my top level impressions of of, of the movie. You know, I think that. Um, I mean, there's, it's no secret, right, that Doomsday is, is in the movie. I, I, we're not going to get into the particulars until spoilers about how Doomsday comes about. Yeah. But I will say that just as a CGI creation, it's not, it's not, it's not up to par with with what a movie like this should yeah. contain. The Abomination was better, and yeah. that was done what ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I said something when we were talking about the trailer mm. for this movie, and I was waiting to see if it would come to fruition, mm. and it did not. But I'll get to that okay. later. He, I mean, yeah. it, it looks like a it looked like a you know two thousand and one two thousand and two digital effect yeah. to me. It just it didn't have uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, it looked, it looked, it looked, it looked like, like the troll from Lord of the Rings. But it looked like they just took that effect and put it in. They didn't um, <laughs> you know just put some stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, that was a, you know, there. Are, we'll talk about this in spoilers. There are aspects of that fight that I really like, but I think that the, I, I think that the the creation itself, just as a, a purely like a CGI creation, if you look at the the movies that surround it and the movies that come out regularly now, a movie with this high a budget that took this long to make, there's no reason why that that, that it shouldn't look amazing. You know, like if you look at the Hulk in the in the Marvel movies, there's no reason why you can't make a creature that looks that way in a movie that's mm-hmm. this much going on and, in it. And then a lot of times those movies too, like we talked about Age of Ultron, like they dropped the ball on some of that stuff yeah. too. Yeah, but but we're talking about bad. if you're putting this up here mm-hmm. as the climax of yeah. this film, yeah, yeah. like pay attention to this. There's thing. it's yeah. like I, when we were reviewing it, it's right. like I said there. I've watched it since. There are two moments in that film where they completely drop the ball, where it's painfully obvious. Right, yeah. but if you look at their main, the, the main antagonist, Ultron, yes. who's completely CG, it's like nearly flawless, you know, and like, and that's in you know, 60-70% of the movie. So, uh, and again, I don't want to compare it to the stuff, but I'm just comparing it as a digital effects wise. I, I feel like it, it could have been better, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Um, uh, I have, the, I think Doomsday is the perfect analog for this film at mm-hmm. a certain level. He is grotesquely <laughs> large, mm-hmm. ponderous. Violent, mm-hmm. kind of clueless, runs around flailing his arms in all directions. Yeah. It's all sort of wow, and, and that's the real shame of it. There mm-hmm. is something really special that could be here, mm-hmm. and we—if you, 
I don't want to compare Zack Snyder mm. to somebody else. If yeah. you gave this film to to a different director with a different vision, and that that changes everything, certainly. Of course. There's a great, great film with the same ideas and mm. performances and characters mm, that right. just didn't find its way. And now we have we have a spectacle, but it's kind of empty. Yeah, I and agree. It's just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, you know, and I, and I think that. Um, the philosophical problems I have, the, my main problem with them is that I don't I don't feel like when those big dis, big changes happen from where the characters are that they're for any sort of real it. reason. Yeah. You know, there's no real big plot reason for doing it. Uh, and we'll bring up something later. I, I have a question that I read somewhere, which I think is very very uh, apt mm. for this whole universe, which I think it, it, it fits into it. You know, kind of a what if sort of situation with all of this. Mm -hmm. um, but you know. Those are kind of my my, my overall pluses and, and minuses without getting into any sort of, you know, deep spoilers. I will say this too, except for Diana, um, the movie treats its very few female characters incredibly poorly. Yes, yes, yeah. it does. They they, yes. they have nothing to do except be captured and be saved. Um, you know, and and again, like Lois at. at, at Amy Adams is great. Amy Adams is a great actress. In the right movie, she's a great Lois Lane because there's so much depth and heart and also strength that emanates from her as an actress right. always that, again, this this speaks to my thing about how good the actors are in general. Great actors can make bad material better, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there are times where she's making sort of dumb decisions, but she's so good that, like, I kind of, I kind of almost forget it sometimes. I want to excuse it, yeah. you know, because yeah. I'm like she, she seems like she like is good about it, and like there are a couple times where Lois is Lois and she does stuff that like is is good, but most of the time the the plot puts her in a situation where it's just like we get to put you in a situation where you need to be saved by Superman, right? So this is where you're gonna be, and it's just a shame because I think I read somewhere, I think it was actually one of our first guests ever, Andrew Foley on on Twitter, yeah, said. A lot of people need to be saved by Superman. Lois should never be one of those people. Uh, uh -huh. You know, and, and and I think that this movie relies too much on that very, that very tired trope of having her be the one that needs to be saved. And uh, you know, I think that we've seen it in uh, we we criticize I criticize it in Deadpool. I criticize it in Daredevil um, at a certain point, and 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 it's criticizable here too because she's a major character and deserves more than everything in her story just being in service of helping or being helped by Superman. Like yeah. that's that's all she does in the movie and I think that's a shame. It's the same thing with an actress of the caliber of Diane Lane. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to I'll, that. I'll one. Say, I'll <laughs> say yeah. We'll yeah. So yeah, so those are I want to I want to cuz I think that's an important part that's not spoilery that we needed to cover because I feel yeah. like that's something that um we might get into in spoilers obviously, but I wanted to make sure we, we talked about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um talked about that here. Um and if you notice, we didn't mention Superman very much because I, I I think that honestly he's a secondary character yeah, in this movie. It's not, yeah. Um, and, and we'll talk about that more in depth as as we, as we go along here. But is there anything else non spoiler they want to say before we kind of break into more spoilery stuff? Uh, I think we've covered just about everything. I'm excited yeah. for the next bunch of films. Mm. I'm excited for like the thing about the DC universe, which is interesting, and I think that. It's different. It's the exact opposite of the Marvel stuff, which is like, I don't care who's directing it. Like, I'll see it. Yeah. Because you know, like, it's going to be a Marvel movie. And with this, it's going to be like, who's directing it? Like, who's writing yeah. it? Like, that's very much going to point me towards 
whether or not I'm excited. I mean, I'll probably end up seeing most of them anyway, but whether I'm going to be excited about seeing them right. is going to deal with that. And like, that's just, that speaks to a difference in the, in the way the two studios run yeah. their things. Warner brothers is a very director focused studio. That's just what they do. Um, so you're going to see very, a lot of differences between what, what this looks like, what suicide, suicide squad looks like. It's coming out. What wonder woman looks like, what Aquaman looks like, what, what all these movies kind of moving forward look like, um, which is cool. It is. No, it's definitely, there's something cool about that for sure. Um, you know, but for me, like, uh, I'm just, the fact that Snyder is doing Justice League has me not as excited about right. a Justice League movie as I wish that I was going to be as excited about it at the moment, you know? Um, so we'll have to see. All right. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to go into spoilers from here on out. So if you guys haven't seen the movie or you don't, or, or, or you know, you care about what, what happens, please, um, tune out now. If you, if you have seen the movie or you just don't care about, about spoilers, stay with us. Um, thank you so much for listening to everything before this. Um, yeah. you know, make sure you get in touch with us at Tongue Comics on Twitter, podcast at TongueComicBooks.com and Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. Uh, we'd love to hear all your thoughts about our, our, our non-spoilery section of, Man, uh, of uh, Man of Steel, of Batman v Superman, um, also DC Rebirth, all that stuff. Please uh, write in. Um, but let's transition now um, into talking about spoilers. So if you don't want to hear them, tune out now. All right, we're back. Steve, why don't you kick us off? You've been chomping at the bit to talk about something. Oh, I got a lot. Okay. <laughs> I got a Go lot. You just okay. rolled the whiskey. Yeah, I got a lot. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barkeep. <laughs> gloves are off now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... let's keep the, let's, let's. Let's keep it as civil. No, no, no. You, oh, no, no, no. You can take the I'm gloves gonna... off, but no yeah. brass knuckles. Okay? No, no, no. Yeah. No, but no brass knuckles. No, no glass. Nothing like mm. that. Glass. Here's. <laughs> Oh, I fight dirty, man. <laughs> no idea. Broken glass on the hands. So, you've seen uh, Hot Shots Part 2? Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Anyway, um, here's a question for you. I've seen this a lot in the last couple of days, mm -hmm. and I'm very confused by this statement. I see a lot of websites and, and WB saying that Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, is the it should be considered the first film in their like pantheon going forward it's, it's it's kicking off the shared dc universe i was thinking about that while we were talking like what if this had been their first movie and not man of steel but that's a what if but like yeah, yeah, yeah. but here's my here's my confusion mm -hmm. here's my thing you're telling me that i'm supposed to start here this is this is what's going to be the kickoff moving forward it's, for me, the, the the messaging from that when it, when when I first saw that was it basically telling me to not consider Man of Steel to be a part. No, of... no, no. I think it's just saying like Man of Steel was self-contained. There was no other characters in Man of Steel. There was not a really a lot of hints Prologue, except for maybe, except for yeah. names. You know, of company like Wayne Enterprise. You saw Wayne Satellite. You saw LexCorp sign. Okay. You know, I, it's just saying like this is the kickoff. This is like. A two and a half hour long version of you know Nick Fury coming to see Tony Stark and saying I'm putting a team together kind of, kind <laughs> okay. of thing you know like it's kicking it's saying like there is other stuff in this universe except for okay because Superman I was super confused because I'm sitting there and I'm going you you want me to to make this the the first movie the mm -hmm. kickoff movie yet this movie deals directly with the events of Man of Steel 18 months later, mm. this is where we are, this is what we're doing. And all throughout the movie, you're directly referencing Superman's actions and the Kryptonian war and, and what mm -hmm. happened in that movie. And I just I just found that to be confusing mm -hmm. and weird and and kind of like, are you serious? 
like you I think Joey? something interesting about that is and this is something I was thinking about towards the end of the film and we're in spoilers. Section. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, yeah. Total spoilers. So, so you know, Superman bites it. You yeah. Know? Like, and I was just like, at the end of the film, I was like, man, WB really did not want to put their stock in that Superman franchise. You know, like they <laughs> totally. were just like, and I think that speaks to what you're talking about. Like, they're like that Man of Steel movie. Like, yeah, we're gonna deal with that, but this is really a a Batman movie. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. this is really yeah. a Batman slash. We're gonna start talking about the Justice League movie and. And in some cases, that's not necessarily a bad thing because, mm. you know, Man of Steel was so divisive. And I think they did do put forth an interesting Batman. And they do put forth a lot of very interesting things about Aquaman and Flash mm. and Wonder Woman and the cyborg stuff mm. and all of that. So in that sense, like, it is really engaging. But at the same time, I was like, man. And I thought this when they announced the film, too. I was like, they're really giving that Henry Cable Superman the short shrift here. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, I was like, they really yes. did <laughs> not. They really were not hit to that. But the, the, no. I don't think you know, we were talking about earning mm. that third act. They To me, they didn't because you haven't set up Superman to be as sim so sympathetic that you care that he dies. Yeah, I know. Exactly. The, the, definitely. I mean, I think that, that ending was surprising in some ways. Though when Doomsday became part of the equation, I always kind of figured mm. this is where they were going because – um, you know, it feels like to me, like, and I, I, again, like this is, I want to make sure I don't make it sound like this is like a gatekeeping type of thing, but Zack Snyder feels like to me the type of comic book fan that like that I was before, like I started like reading stuff m weekly, which is that like, he's read the Dark Knight Returns, he's read Watchmen, he's read the Death of Superman, he's read Birthright. like, you know, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, the, maybe not even Birthright. Uh -huh. um, it's the first issue. The first yeah, issue. exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Sauce and hops is somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death uh, of Superman. Um, yeah, this, yeah, exactly. And then sort of like said like, okay, like I, I get is, it. This is what comic books are. And there's a lot of that in, in in the movie, and so when Doomsday showed up, I was like, okay, well, Doomsday means probably Superman is gonna die, um, but yeah, they don't earn it because the, Superman the the fall of Superman is affecting because you look to him as this inspirational figure that it that and then when he falls, it's so sad, you know. But in in this, they give no there's no opportunity for Superman to be heroic you know they they have a montage where they show him saving people but like you know there there are instances where there there's a chance for him to have moments and they're always sort of taken away from him that moment where he's going to stand in front of congress and 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 say his piece oh, what a waste yeah it could have been it could have been a great moment it could have been like this is what i do what i do and and, and this is who i am and, and a waste of holly hunter uh, holly hunter oh. exactly whose character and scoot Whose character and Scoot, who's yeah. a character I expected to be a like a one note, you know, um, sort of a, like a very McCarthyist character, is a character who's not. Oh, She's so good! Very interesting character. Very has well an arc has in an arc. only a few yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. of being on screen. Has that moment where she turns down the cup of piss from Lex Luthor oh. and then gets it a <laughs> little bit later. Let's not even go there. Yet. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's no, go there. Go there. Okay. Um, uh, and. Uh, we definitely have to go. And there. then taken out, and like you know, again, there's 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 moments in that scene that bothered me, like, and and they they sort of address it in the in the in the, in the following scene where Superman's like maybe I wasn't looking for it or or whatever, but like Superman overhears Alfred on the little walkie-talkie thing. Yeah. He can't hear the bomb that's in the guy's he can chair. Hear, he can hear Lois knocking on some rubble. Yeah. And there are a hundred million people or whatever buried under yeah, rubble yeah, in yeah. Metropolis and Gotham and everywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that part bothers me because like I just feel like that scene is just to show more sort of mayhem. And then right. it doesn't pay off afterwards, right? It, like It's not like the world really starts hating Superman after that. 
he just sort of flies away and acts like he's going to quit and Ben's going to quit and then he just comes back again and there's no real arc to it. Yeah. You don't they don't they don't pay off or earn that thing and like it's it, it's not a moment where it could also be a moment for superman like much like we the moment we're taken away from with jonathan dying the way he does in men of steel yeah. where where you know the whole purpose of jonathan dying the way he dies in the comics is to prove to superman there's something you just can't stop you can't a heart attack you can't save him you just like things happen they're out of your control and that scene could have been used as sort of that moment right where there are things that are out of his control he couldn't stop it he didn't know it was coming but they don't use that as that moment either, and no. so I, I I feel like it doesn't it doesn't pay off even it, forget about Superman in a comic book sense in the movie sense doesn't pay off any any anything in, in in that character doesn't teach Superman anything doesn't teach us as the viewers anything doesn't advance the plot in really any way either except to show that Luther is a really bad yeah, bad and guy he knocks yeah. out his own assistant yeah that's out. one of the only people of color in the film yeah thank yeah, you yeah. And, <laughs> and somebody yeah. that was when the camera was on like the lex luthar focused scenes she was everywhere yeah. for like the first half hour mm -hmm. of that movie in well in her her high heels and legs were right yeah but for for her i mean i'm not gonna get into the like mm. oh she didn't know what he was up to yeah, you know, yeah. what was yeah. going on but for her to get taken out in that oh, in that scene awesome. i was awesome i just uh, yeah. i really want to talk about lex luther and the idea of like i mentioned earlier about how i i feel like the movie expected its audience to to know too mm -hmm. much about the dcu yeah. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. talk now, about that for sure because i think it's one of the biggest problems with the movie okay mm -hmm. so it's stands to reason and i think i think we'll all agree at this table Every one of these movies that comes out is someone's first Batman movie. It's someone's yeah, first Superman yeah, movie. Of course. And especially yeah. this movie being kind of the the introductory film to this universe that they're now trying to build whatever. Okay, mm -hmm. so people are going to see this. And the Lex Luthor character, we have no idea what Le what LexCorp is. Mm -hmm. We have no idea what they manu. We know they manufacture weapons on the low low, mm -hmm. but we don't know what they do otherwise. Right. The Lex Luthor character, aside from being eccentric, was so nondescript mm. that I did not once at any point in time did I believe that he was of the level of intelligence that Lex Luthor is supposed to be in mm. the comics. It was not reflected in his character. Yes, he was off his rocker, mm -hmm. but I never got a sense of intelligence from mm -hmm. him. Somebody that would run a company of that magnitude. And the fact that he knew all of the things that he knew, that he'd been doing all this surveillance, that he had file folders, which I'll get to that later, of all of these metahumans that are running around in Metropolis and Gotham and wherever the hell else, that he was never really clearly defined as to who he is and what he does and 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 if you take if you remove much of what's known throughout the comics universe and throughout the history of that character and you just make this kind of like new age mogul-y kind of like like app developer crazed person how does he get to where he is 
how he he basically sets up everything that happens in this movie but we don't know how he got his information we don't know how he knows to do what he does how on earth did he i mean i know that the computers within like the kryptonian ship worked for him but i talk about leaps of faith in terms he had no idea what the hell was going to happen if he brought zod's body into mm. into that muck that was inside the ship yeah i know yeah and, yeah. I, and I think the problems are like Great you know I don't, how do you get rid of it i don't need to know yeah you can't i don't need to know like where he got his information about the metahumans but i need to believe that he could he the character himself could do all this stuff right yeah and that's the yeah. problem it's like you you don't really believe and it's it's funny because jesse eisenberg is such an in, an intelligent seeming actor always right. whenever you see him in anything he always almost always seems like the smartest person you know in, in any conversation that he's in mm -hmm. and here there are moments where that sort of comes through and then there are but but the way they set up the way it goes like you know, he cuts off Zod's fingertips and he puts them on, and that's how he gets in. I buy that, okay? Yeah. But then the, how he's able to communicate with the ship and how he's able to do everything, how he knows what's going to happen when he cuts his hand, and it's gonna, it's someone going to create this doomsday kind of creation. All that stuff is, is largely clubs, and I think that's a lot of what's missing as well yeah. from, from, from the movie. And again, this is uh, we're reviewing what's in the movie, but there, and, I, and I, when I was watching the movie, I had this idea, but I was like, I don't know if that's true. I can't, but now, just today, they released some like scene online, yeah, oh. which shows like Luther's con has some sort of connection with Darkseid, and it's yeah, gonna well, be that's impl implied at the end. But I'm like, what? The Where? When? How do we get to the Where? bell is wrong? Exactly, from, yeah. exactly. And but like, there's supposed to be more of an implication for the entire movie that there's some sort of that would have made so much more. And sense. that's where he's getting a lot of information from, and that's why he's well, you know, when he's giving that speech in the in the museum, and he's like totally fine at first, yes. and then he's and then like, then he, he like flips out. There's supposed to be some sort of other thing explained. going on. It's yeah. explained, and it's like it reminds me of um, even though this is a great movie, you know, in Heat. Yeah. Al Pacino's character is supposed to be addicted to cocaine, and they took they cut that out of the movie. <laughs> so he looks like he's just acting like a crazy person, yeah. but really he's addicted. But everyone's just like it's Pacino. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's something. So there's information missing here, and again, you can only review what's in the movie. And I think that th that that's one of the biggest things we talk about plot holes. We talk about the script not working. His side of things, it's like, you know, he obviously says he hates Superman in the movie but we don't really get a reason why nope he Is sort of has like a jealousy or yeah, whatever he, yeah and in the, the thing about lex Luthor, and again this is this i'm going to talk about sort of a little bit outside of the movie is that superman is the is obviously the strongest you know the fastest all of these things he is the pinnacle of what like extra alien can be but Luther is supposed to be the smartest person in the world, and it's that that drives him so crazy about how he is not recognized the same way Superman is recognized. But here you have a Superman who is as equally hated as he is loved, who doesn't seem to want to be a hero, who isn't embracing his, his life as a hero. And if that's where you're going to go with, that's, that, that's your prerogative in your story, but you can't have Luther treat him the same way that Luther treats him, the heroics, the heroics are yes. So th there's a lot of inconsistencies there, and like it's, it's a lot of like rely on what you know about him from just knowing he's Lex Luthor and not really explaining it in, in, in the movie. And for me, as a movie, it made his whole thing not work, and it it sucks because like I I love Jesse Eisenberg as an actor, and he just he he isn't given 
either he's stripped of the information that's supposed to be on top of what his character is, which makes his performance seem just completely batshit crazy, right? You know, or he just whatever they gave him to do is just not is not the right stuff to do. But his whole character just doesn't work. And there are little moments where I feel like he gets Superman in a way that only Lex Luthor can get Superman, but they're they're fleeting. They're like little like whispers and glimpses that, mm-hmm. that I see. Um, but I'll say this. Whatever movie Jesse Eisenberg is acting in, I kind of would rather see that movie because it seems like it's a little bit more wacky. It's a little bit more eccentric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little, a little at least crazy. he seemed like he was having a good time. He seemed like he was having a yeah. great time. Um, but uh, you're talking about his motivations mm. in some level. It's the same with with Ben Affleck's and you know playing mm. Batman here in that. Okay, he's really mad because obviously Superman and all the things we complained about mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So is it the filmmakers trying to? butter us all up see i know i went too far and then it goes too far again yeah i think it's funny but dan slot wrote he's like so if you think about it the whole plot of batman versus superman is just that bruce wayne really hated the end of man of steel too (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) and then he brings us into the same place Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just as willing to have a huge Donnie Brook in an abandoned part. I of the love city. those parts. There, there are three moments. Yeah. Where like, like Anderson Cooper came over and he was like, "Good thing that it's after hours downtown yeah. and and the financial district is abandoned." Right? Yeah. Like they yeah. have those moments. Yeah, you have to have that. But he, look, we were joking off air. You know, Murdersville and yeah, yeah. the Murderverse and yeah. whatever. Batman takes out a lot of people here. Yes, they're all bad. To, to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger from right. True Lies, yeah. they were all bad and they deserved it. Mm-hmm. But he's as willing to just go for it mm-hmm. as everyone else. And it's about not earning it. He reverse earns mm-hmm. in a way because it's he's talk, those talks with Alfred, which is so great because mm-hmm. Jeremy Irons is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Here is Alfred. And it's there's a cost for this. Mm-hmm. And do you want to go there? Mm-hmm. And it's... I thought we were setting up something different. Even though I'd seen the trailers, mm. I was hoping, I'm not sure why, mm. hoping for something a little different, and it we just, it explodes. And it's good mm. in its own sort of way, but it's not paying off something that came before. It doesn't contrast anything that comes mm-hmm. before. It's just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things, too, where, like, Affleck as Batman, he uh, and Bruce... He has a lot of great moments, like we said, and I think that um, I, I love sort of seeing him figure stuff out in the Batcave and how he's, you know, he's like devising these weapons to use against, you know, Superman and stuff like that, and, and all that stuff, and how he, you know, he he sort of antagonizes Diana a little bit with like what what he finds, mm-hmm. like those all feel like very Batman things to me, and, and I enjoy those moments. Um, you know, talking about the philosophical problems. I mean, not only does he kill people, but he kills them with guns. You know, and and I'm not talking about the the, the dream, the crazy ass dream no. sequence. I'm talking about Gatling guns on the on the on the front of his Batmobile, where he blows up cars with people in them. And... He tows a guy in a car for about 14 miles, yeah. flipping over through boats. Yeah. He, he hates awesome. boats. Yeah. <laughs> he does hate boats. But he watched the horse go right by. Scott Snyder yeah, would be yeah. very upset. That happened like two thousand times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's here's my here's my thing with that. And it's funny. In in my analysis of the movie, mm. I for myself, I focused very little on the 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 killing mm. aspect. But you know, again, this is the movie that is supposed to set the pace. Mm. Okay, so we're introduced to a Batman, 
and and all audiences of all ages Mm -hmm. are introduced to a Batman who, yes, and people have been making this this all weekend. I've seen Mm -hmm. countless articles, Batman's killed before. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you watch Batman Returns, he Mm -hmm. takes out, and yes. It was uh, wrong there, too. But it's wrong there, too. Right. The the, the whole whole, defense. Keaton in the plane, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least, at least, at least Affleck hits somebody. (laughs) He does the most un-Batman thing ever. He shoots a gun, and and he just misses. (laughs) But the excuse, I'll let you get back to your saying, Stephen, in a second. The, The excuse that it happened before... So it can happen again. Doesn't make it okay. Doesn't right. make it okay. It wasn't. It wasn't okay in the in the Keaton ones. It, I don't. It's even borderline. And and I don't even like. I didn't like it then when he lets Roz die in, in Batman Begins. It's just a suspect. I'm like that's not. But here's the thing. Like, um, in Batman Begins, and I've thought a lot about that too. Like, that's something that's capitalized on, discussed. Yeah. There's a scene after, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about these scenes with Jeremy Irons. You're talking about there's a cost. Mm-hmm. Like, all you need is a scene right after and be mm-hmm. like, are you really going to take the guns out for this? Yeah. Are yeah. you really going to do that? Like, mm-hmm. this fight with Superman is pushing you to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's all. He's like, not our enemy. You, the like, you, yeah. need, you need that. And they do do that yeah. in the, in the no, at least in the first two. Yeah. And the Dark Knight yeah. Rises, I have problems with. But, yeah. But Steve, you were talking about Yeah, before. sorry. I, just the, the, the Batman that I, that I know, and again, this is just me. You know, yes, Batman has killed before in the films and stuff like that. But I've always known Batman to be a character who, if he's killed, he's killed as a last resort, mm-hmm. like an absolute last resort. In this iteration, in this film, people watching this for the first time, he goes in guns first. Yeah. You know, and and even Zack Snyder has made, you know, the argument that he doesn't directly kill anybody because he shoots the grenade that the guy is supposed to, he's, he's about to throw it, he shoots the grenade and it blows up in his hand and that kills him. Batman doesn't actually shoot the guy, mm-hmm. but he shoots the tank or yeah. he shoots the gas line mm-hmm in the car that explodes killing four people inside Mm -hmm. and it's something about the the wanton brutality and and yes it it has happened in other films but it has never happened for me so directly Mm -hmm. than in this and my biggest problem with all of that stuff is that I honestly, and I've only seen the movie one time. We were actually talking before the show about, you know, like, would you see it again? And, and a lot of us were undecided. I actually want to see the movie again because I don't remember a single action sequence at all where Batman didn't take out multiple people. Mm. Even in that, like, awesome, uh, I don't, what the hell would you even call the warehouse. it? Warehouse. The, where, yeah. the warehouse. Yeah. I laughed and I I I like I giggled in my seat when he takes that guy's face <laughs> and he pushes it through the floor mm-hmm. and the guy kind of lands diagonal yeah, yeah, yeah. in the floor and I was just like I went with my friend Brendan mm-hmm. and the two of us together were just absurd mm-hmm. right and so like we both looked at each other and we were like yeah <laughs> like, that was cool but at the same time dude is dead <laughs> yeah but see that those those moments though that's like that's a Batman. Like you, you, you could say that guy's not dead. Like the, the problems for me are like he takes that guy's gun and he like shoots like five people yeah. in that one scene. And it's like 
And like I will say this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this criticism right at the knees before I'm doing it. There is a moment in the Dark Knight Returns where he busts through a wall, and the guy has this big chain gun, and he has a, and he takes that guy out, and then there's a guy holding a gun to a little girl's head, and this guy says, "I'll kill her," if you know, and you uh, you know, and Batman shoots one bullet through his head and says, "I believe you," you know. That's a really that it's the one time in that book okay. that he does that, and but Snyder calls back to that as a reason why Batman does kill. And I think that taking that one moment and that one panel, which comes at the end of Batman's career right. and is like a big yeah. moment in that book, a very huge moment, right? I think it, it, it is again taking one panel and making it the entire history of the character. When other times in that book, there's a very famous scene where he takes his gun, and he breaks it in half, yes. and he says, We don't use guns, they're the weapons of the enemy, right? You know, and, and it feels like to me like if you're gonna if you're gonna rely so heavily on the source material that you're you're claiming you're pulling from and ignore other parts of it, I don't understand the inconsistency of that. I just aside from from the part in the beginning, which I have my own mm. my own problems with, but I don't know if we want to hear mm. it here. I I just I don't understand the motivation to create the character in that light. For me it, neither. For it to yeah. be so 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 blatant. Mm and just not have him figure out another way he's supposed to be better like if he has a problem with superman and the kryptonians destroying an entire city and 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 wreaking havoc on his wayne building and stuff like that i didn't see him do anything that made him any better than them well and i think mm -hmm. like this is this is the potential of the film that's lost right and and jeremy i was just going back to it jeremy mm -hmm. Irons presents this to him He's like, do you realize what this is making you do? Mm -hmm. But it's never capitalized on, yeah. right? We're we're we can we can believe that the Batman prior to the events of Man of Steel, whatever mm -hmm. you want to say, the beginning of the film was the Batman that we mm. want to see. And it's this moment that pushes him over that edge, over the edge that keeps him from killing, right? Because the yeah. whole thing that makes Batman yeah. not killing so impactful is that in the comics. In a lot of ways, he's just as sadistic as his villains. Yeah. But it's his villains that will pull the trigger, and he yeah. won't. He finds the other way. Now, if this is the film where he is going to go all the way and he's pushed over the edge, you have to earn that, and you have to capitalize it on it and have him turn around. The way that he kind of turns around from being the guy that goes over the line is just like, your mom's name is mine, yeah. right? Like, awful. And, and, it awful. Doesn't, and that doesn't answer the question. If Superman had just been like, you realize if you're – going after me because of what I did to your city. Look what you're doing right now. Yeah. That would have been a more powerful moment yeah. than, than what they try to do with the mother thing, which on its own could have been a powerful moment if they had gone that way, but yeah. they kind of went all yeah. these different ways. I there. was expecting a better we-need-to-work-together resolution. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one, yes. of the, 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 one of the things that's horribly rushed in the movie. I've, I've seen an argument for the other side of, of that moment, the Martha mm -hmm. moment, and uh, it's funny because like that happened, I went, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Oh, I, did, oh. I, I did that too. Like, right? I never I'm not really. Lie. It's cool, but it's yeah. not the right way right. Yeah, yeah. to do but, that. But no, when he flies into the fight scene, Superman comes into the fight scene. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, yeah. and that's about it. There's no ever attempt to communicate. There's all yeah. just fighting. What, yeah, because Batman's over the edge. Right. Yeah. I He's saw an Batman. He'd listen. Go yeah. ahead. I saw an argument though that was saying that the the Martha moment in that moment humanizes the both of them and that yeah. is the moment that's supposed to be the moment where they realize that they're on the same side is because they they share as 
as loose mm-hmm. as the as a name mm-hmm. is in reality. I mean, it's a yeah. comic book movie, but yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I just I would have really liked an impassioned speech, like a a, a, a like a, a about to bring the hammer down on Superman, and for him to just stop the fighting and be like, "Look, man." We got this thing over here that is tearing the city apart, and you and I are capable of taking it out if we work together. And now this incredible Amazonian warrior is here with us. Mm-hmm. Can we stop this and go and go do this? Which could redeem both Superman and Batman in right. that moment. But and, we never yeah. get a moment with Superman where he he does he he speaks in that, in that sort of way. He never speaks right. in platitudes and and, and and heroic statements you know might and, have been that moment at the senate maybe that yeah. could have could been have the been. scene yeah. where you put it yeah and i think you know i will say something for that martha moment i will say that like joey said if that moment is earned then it is i think effective i think yeah. at its at its base at its core idea at its core concept it works which is to make batman see that yeah he's an alien from another planet but he has a mom that he cares about. I'm like crying right you now. Know, like, the mom <laughs> who said, you don't owe this world a thing. Right, which again, we, ah! which again, we, we, we tear apart all, there's there's ways to tear all apart, but I'm talking about just that yeah. moment. Okay. I'm saying that there is, there's something that could be done there. There, there like Joey said, there's, there's a, and you said too, Bob, there's a good movie somewhere in, in, oh, inside right. of this. Yeah. And that moment can work if that moment is earned. If yeah. there is, if, and if it is earned that, this is a realization of humanity. Absolutely. And and it's just not there. And the other problem, too, is that, like, you mentioned, Joey, about, you know, we don't get, and this is about story structure again, we don't get Batman on the normal day, right? We don't, yeah. get, we don't get, like, the first 15 minutes of a, well, of a movie, which is about to tell you, like, you do, and that's kind of the, the he's, he, he's got the brand this, thing, and it's like, that's it's a, a bit cool. much, too. Like, I was like, but, but I was like, this is, like, a crazy-ass <laughs> cool Batman. But that's yeah. No, he's the Phantom. But that's supposed to be yeah. after he's already lost it, because Superman has already driven him right. over the edge. Right. We never get, like, this is just the way Batman is, right. Right. and this is the story of how he goes a little bit nutso and then goes after Superman and he's kind of consumed by this, this really what it, it is, is yeah. a, um, it, it's an insecurity about his place in yeah. the world. Right. But those ideas are never really, those ideas aren't really attacked. We're, we're, we have to assume they're assuming we know who the real Batman right. yeah. is. He I, says, yeah. Go ahead. I think that over the edge Batman is a tough place to start. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Very tough place to start. You need to start with regular Batman, and then you see over the edge, and then and then you also you're feeling something for what's going on yeah. there, right? And and that's something that I think is really really missing. You know, there. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out just uh, a couple little nitpicks right now, and then I want to get into one other thing, which is that um, this is nitpicks. A hate the fact the hate that scene where he wakes up. Next to the girl, and he's drunk, and he's drinking wine at like eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah. That's the most. That is super un Batman. I thought you liked that. No, I hate that. I thought we talked about very, that. No, 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 no. It's very Reese's Daniel Craig, movie. James Bond. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> no. I said no. I said that the thing about Batman is that he he pretends that he's drunk, that that he sleeps with a lot of women, and you look at that scene in Batman Year One where, where Gordon and Sarah Essen come to Bruce's like mansion, right? And he like has these two models next to him and he's acting like he's drunk like early in the morning. That that's what plays him off as like not 
I couldn't possibly be Batman because I'm a screw-up who just sleeps around. You know, I spend my nights with these women. But in the reality, he's never drunk because yeah. he's got to go be Batman at some point. It happens in Begins and it happens in Dark Knight, what you're talking about, where he kind of pretends. Yeah, pretends. Yeah. Nolan gets that part of that, that character very, very well. Didn't like that. Um, I don't buy at all that if Batman was a vigilante for 20 years in Gotham City, which is... Basically, the bay. basically Oakland <laughs> yeah, yeah. to Metropolis of San Francisco in, yes, in this DCU, yeah. which like I, fine, like I don't really, I don't love it, but like it's I, it's okay, like it's not, it's not something that I'm. Right. Like, At some point, they were saying in the old DC continuity, yeah. New York City, Newark. Right. Yeah. So whatever, it's it's so similar. Yeah. That, the the editor and chief of the newspaper, not. 10 miles from Gotham City would think that the Batman was not a big story. What a waste of a character, too. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I think and there are moments there where, again, where you lose the the contrast. Where, like, I, I he's, he's perfect casting for Perry White. And even that scene where he's like, yeah, and apples don't cost a nickel anymore. Like, what? But if you have Clark being, like, you know, the, like, I don't care. Like I, I believe in this stuff. Then that contrast works really well, and they lose that. Uh, they lose that chance as well. Um, so the geography, whatever. Here's my big question, and here's my big question about like it's another nitpick, but like if Batman's so willing to kill random thugs, why in the world is the Joker still alive? Why are this this giant rogues gallery that we're gonna see over the next couple of years? Why are any of them still alive if he's so willing to kill 4,700 random, random thugs? Yeah, yeah, man. Jared Leto's Joker is slippery, It man. doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense at all, and that really bothers me about the internal logic of, of the movie. Um, but, but again, yeah. we're, we're at a place where Batman's had enough. Yeah, but it's been a couple of years since he's had enough. Like, it's been 18 months since the thing. And I'm willing to bet when we do Suicide Squad... We're gonna get timeline in between those two things with Batman. Yeah. So I, I, it's just a question. It's just a question to put out there. I will say I want to end on, on a semi-positive note. Gal Gadot's woman. Let's talk about Gal Gadot a little bit, okay? Oh, so much um, to say. Um, yeah, but we can't talk forever. No. <laughs> We've Can already been we? talking for so long. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, I will concede. Um, uh, so Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, um, Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman. Uh, and I was talking about Stephanie about this via text, and she, I was not with us tonight. But like, um, the, she starts as the same way every mysterious woman starts in any DC uh, movie. Or do, it's a fancy ball, and she's doing something like sort of like clandestine. She gets a very Catwoman type introduction. That's kind of Stephanie's words, you yeah. know. Um, and then you know we sort of get hints of her as Diana Prince throughout the movie, and then obviously we get the big moment with with Wonder Woman oh. n n near the end. I was like. Um, that was good, uh, Bob. I mean, obviously, you are Mr. Wonder Woman. Thank you. Uh, um, what? How did you feel about that stuff? Spectacular. Mm. I thought she was great as Diana. Mm. And in the audience I saw it with, the only real reaction, yeah, was when she shows up and it's the whole booge with with the bracelets. Uh. It's there was whooping in the theater. Only applause. Only yeah. applause in the film. And her power level is equal to Superman's, which yeah. is nice to see. Doomsday throws out his blast. Superman gets knocked back further than she does. More importantly, 
there's a moment where she takes a good shot from him and she sort of gathers herself and there's this little smile on her face yeah. like, yep. oh, I got this, boys. Mm. You, you just go over there. I, go go have a conversation. Uh, yeah, I'm fine here. You don't need, I, I'm on this. This is for me, breaks out the lasso. Yeah. Yep. You know, the, the whole 1918 photo thing, and they're setting up another movie that again presumes a whole lot of other stuff from us. But boy, for whatever we all wanted to reservations have as an actress she nails this completely mm. there's she comes back into this fight after getting ready to leave mm. and that's a very diana thing to do. no my job isn't done yeah i gotta come save all these people that these other two lunkheads are too busy trying to wreck yeah. I, yeah, I'm coming in and fixing this. And something that's so interesting, too, is the parallel between that story that she goes through and what, what Batman goes through in the film, too, right? I'm yeah. out of it, and I have to get back into it because. But the reason, the, but but that she does it for this reason and he does it for that reason is something that could have been played up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and I feel like it's a great moment, and like you said, the power level stuff is, is wonderful to see, and the way she's just sort of like cutting him up, and she's kind yeah. of the only one who can hit him, you know, and that, that mm -hmm. was really cool to see. And that when they when they do that big moment, you know, where like they're getting ready, like she's standing in the front, and the, and the two of them are in the back, and it's just like a, an awesome moment. I mean, it's taking a little bit because Batman's holding a fucking gun while, while he's doing yeah. it, but like yeah, she but has it's, a it's shield. the gas launcher guy. I know, I know, yeah, I know. Okay. It looks like a, it looks like like a like a shotgun. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, it, it's it's true too because like I, what I love too is that one of the things I really don't like about that ending scene is, um, you know, we get we get Superman like taking him into space, um, which is sort of an improvement, right? He's not punching him through buildings. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna get him out of here. Um, the you, the government shoots a nuke at him so they can recreate that scene from The Dark Knight Returns where he's all like you know like skeleton wise or whatever. And does the Christ pose? In space yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah, one, one of like six thousand yeah. Christ poses <laughs> in the movie. Um, and Doomsday comes slamming down, and he slams down this island, and they make sure that island's uninhabited. It's laughable, but like I appreciate at least somewhat of like the like uh, yeah. the conscience it's, about it's doing it. It's the thing it. that they have to do now. They yeah, do it. yeah, Avengers, yeah. they're gonna do it in yeah. every single yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, they did do it in Age of Ultron as well. <laughs> that, no one's in that building or whatever. Look <laughs> at the fact that it's falling down <laughs> in the middle of a city. Um, so uh, throws him back down, and then like Batman's like. I did like seeing Batman in like not a Batman world where he's got to deal with like people who can like punch a hole in the sun and he's kind of like, uh, but I'm going to do this anyway. You know, yeah. it's like a cool Batman thing, but he's like, Oh, right. The spear that for some oh, reason, Lois Lane is thrown in some magical pit of water in, oh in this building. God. Aquaman should have just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but instead of going like, okay, I'll go get the spear and come back to this uninhabited Island to kill doomsday i'm gonna bring doomsday. i'm gonna take doomsday into the middle of gotham city yeah. and then be like don't worry about it it's uh it's all clear over here <laughs> now um, she does say to him but, why why did you bring him back and here that's why i brought yeah. it up because she nope. says like why'd you bring him back to the city and i'm like thank you diana yeah. there's this great moment too when when doomsday blow does his like exploding thing yeah, right yeah. and batman dives under a car yeah yeah and yeah. superman and wonder woman just take the hit yeah and it's yeah. just like that's so good yeah like, it's, it's a cool moment yeah. it's definitely a cool moment for sure can you imagine two things yeah of course okay. yeah one of the thing one thing that killed me and one thing that i absolutely loved mm. okay the thing that killed me doomsday 
I mentioned when we were talking about the trailers about the way that he looks mm-hmm. and how when they, they he slides down the building for that like you know that money shot where he mm-hmm. just comes down and it's like you know there's dooms and he's huffing and he's mm-hmm. puffing and he's pissed and all this stuff. They make a, they make mention of that every time that they hit him with something super powerful that he absorbs it mm-hmm. and he grows bigger mm-hmm. and he grows nastier. I didn't see any physical change in him after that uh, first hit. Just a bone. I yeah. yeah. And, no, but and, after but and, after but after the nuclear bomb, after the nuclear bomb, he, this like the stalactites, yeah. stalactites, yeah, whatever yeah, those, yeah. those those things on him, mm. they grow one time. Yeah, yeah. And then I know, I just me personally, mm. I really would have loved that every time that they smashed him with something big and we saw like one of those big like nuclear erupting mm. things from him that he got more and more complicated mm-hmm. visually and became that craggy thing the that real we know thing. from the yeah. comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a little nitpick. Yeah. But the thing that I absolutely loved and my my absolute favorite moment and favorite shot in the movie is when Wonder Woman is doing battle against him and there's that one shot where I, I don't even know if maybe all three, there was so much going on, I can't mm. even fucking remember, but... Diana's like on one knee. She's got the sword stabbing up into like behind his legs to like to cut him mm, out yeah. to to bring him down. And she's got the shield, and he's pounding on the shield from one end, and she's yeah. slashing from the other. And it is totally if you just stop the movie, if you just freeze framed that shot, it is such a glorious moment mm. that if that is what they have in mind, yeah. that she comes in. And she wrecks house mm-hmm. and just cleans up the mess that these two other heroes have made mm-hmm. of this thing. I was really, really super satisfied. The biggest thing that I walked away from from this movie, we're winding down and stuff, is the Wonder Woman stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't necessarily like the way she was introduced, except I loved the kind of like hundred yard stare mm-hmm. that she had. Gal, Gal Gadot has <laughs> yeah. an incredible yeah. like across the room. I'm up to something, and I'm gonna be out here and in my fancy car before you even know. <laughs> yes. It's a present, man. you know. Yeah, got it. Like yeah. you're gonna look behind you to make sure that the guards are gone, and then you look back at me, and I'm I'm already out of here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just smarter than Bruce. Yeah, yeah. I really, really liked those moments. I would have liked some more of that mm-hmm. stuff, but I mean that's coming. Yeah. Um, but what they have in place, and of all of the things that I was negative about on the film, the Wonder Woman stuff I walked away super positive about right. and was very impressed and surprised mm. that despite how I felt about the other things, <clears throat> I was like, oh man, like I'm so excited for this Wonder Woman thing and it's going to come and it's going to be just as mediocre mm. as these other things for me. And no, mm-hmm. absolutely no. They, I, I, I almost don't want to say knocked it out of the park, mm. But I left that movie feeling really good and really positive yeah. about the Wonder yeah. Woman stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, and there are a couple moments near the end there where, like, 
little little rays of light start to show into like yeah. the darkness. But again, they haven't really earned them. Yeah. But again, they're good actors performing them. And they're brilliantly composed. Yeah, yeah. You know? So like the scenes with the funeral and yeah, all yeah, of that yeah. aftermath. They don't make any sense. Yeah. No, no. But of no, course, no, they not. look beautiful oh, and they perform beautifully. The flash moment. But so like yeah. well, if you get rid of those first hour and a half and you just look at like these last couple of moments, it's like, wow, this is like, this could be. Mm. Addresses, like this yeah. could be what we want. Yeah. And the way that they, they're, they're capping it. It's just everything that, that kind of built up to that. It's like they wanted to make a sequel to Man of Steel while also doing this Dawn of Justice thing, mm. and they just didn't jive yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. You know? And, like, quickly, talking about the kind of, like, Justice League sort of, like, ties, right? We get um, some, like, basically, like, footage of these, like, heroes, which to be all the ways they could have done it i would rather them do it that way than than slam in characters a scene, and yeah. scenes of characters that that don't belong yeah. you know if they were like had showed up with the spear yeah, yeah like, exactly what the fuck uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if flash had really run in during a not dream within a dream sequence um how does flash get into bruce and since when does bruce wayne have prophetic dreams of the yeah, future yeah. well that's Come that's on. the problem the prophetic yeah. dream is it part, a dream or does he actually Time but then he dream shows up and he can't dream. understand a word he's saying and uh, yeah well I mean the, the thing about that whole thing is like the, the like the parademon sort of nightmare like is it a mix but and this is sort of it's those dream sequences are probably the most Scott Snyder it's not Snyder Zack Snyder thing about this stuff Ooh. they're like out of sucker punch sucker punch yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you know and like it's like uh, again that that movie has the same issues but it's like it's a dream within a dream. It, it's in a dream. Yeah, that movie so like blatantly is that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. why I love it. Yeah, like, yeah. This was just this, didn't work. So like we have the Parademon dream where it's like it's cool. You can see a big Omega symbol. It's like oh my god, that's that dark side. You see Parademons flying around. They look like Parademons. Mm -hmm. Really cool. If you're not a comic book fan, who the fuck knows what yeah. that means? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Batman's got a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman shooting people or whatever. Superman can melt people's faces. Yeah, yeah. But like the Superman thing is like. Okay, is it half prophetic dream, half like just a nightmare of what he thinks Superman is going to turn into? Is this a whole prophetic dream? Is Superman going to be, is this like Superman under the influence of Darkseid? Mm -hmm. What does this all mean? That Flash thing is very much uh, a crisis on infinite Earth. It happened like, out of yeah. nowhere. Right. But, yeah. but I mean, if it's a thing that, like, it, that could get called back in a later movie, it's like, it's a confusing thing that happens. You know, who knows what it means? But like in, in Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's similar, right? He like right. he runs through time to warn them that something's coming in the future that's gonna right. gonna end them. Right. Um, and that's what I think it's supposed to mean. But then he wakes up again. Right. So it's like, is he ha like this is not something Batman does? He's not prophetic dreams. Like I don't I don't understand. Is there another layer? Are we again missing another layer? Does he have a mother box in the Batcave? Like who? Who knows? Does you Lex know. have the same dreams? Since exactly. He's about... Is Darkseid messing with everybody? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But like that doesn't work if you don't put that layer right. on there exactly. in the movie. Um, and then like, uh, you know, again, it's the same with, with like, the cyborg footage. It's like there's a mother box in it, but like, I know it's a mother box because I know what how cyborg is created, and I know what the connections to the, the apocalypse. See, I saw it was Miles Dyson doing it. <laughs> Well, it is Miles Dyson doing it. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so, like, and that's, like, and I, I understand that's how Cyborg gets created, but without knowing that, it, like, uh, the Flash thing, that that's very easy to, to see. It's like the Aquaman, he's just floating. Yeah, he's yeah, floating. But he's yeah. angry. He's in a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's if at least that, that like, understands, like, guy underwater, you know, with a spear, like, that's Aquaman. Yeah. Like, you know, and then, you know, the, the Flash of the guy who can run really fast. I like, get that. 
the cyborg thing i think is 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 the weak point of all of those because right. it just it, it it's too complicated a concept to throw out in you know, two seconds. I mean, right. if you showed him in his like cyborg like get up like on some sort of like you know like cam footage or something like that, mm -hmm. like that would be more of like okay, there's some kind of creature, there's some sort of entity here that can do crazy things. Um, but again, is it one of those missing, missing scenes, maybe. missing bits? Maybe. Of... Who knows? Yeah, we, 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 go ahead. No, 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 no. You saw the deleted scene, right? I didn't watch it. I didn't. See I didn't watch. Oh, it. you didn't watch it? No, no. I didn't watch. It. I just heard it about. Sounds it. Sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's one of those things where you really have to question when does it come into play because it takes place in a very specific portion of the movie that if it takes place before or after certain events, it still doesn't make any sense. Mm. Huh. Well, well, I'll have to see when that, that all sort of like comes out, comes to fruition. Next week. Um, yeah, next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that stuff all like that. Th there were some tenuous ties. I mean, look, it's very difficult to tie that stuff in if you're not going to do it the opposite way. The way that Marvel did it, you have to do it some way. So in the way they did it, I don't, I don't really find it to be, um, you know, a, a big problem. I, I do think it's funny that like Lex has created like logo treatments for yeah. each of the, yes. each of the. the <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's his job. It's true. It's his job. Um, <laughs> Makes an thing too, app like, for each of them. Like I buy, I, like it's, it's a throwaway Pretty line. Much. I buy the idea that like Lex Luthor is like. No, I think there are other people out there that are like this, and I'm going to do the research to find out if there are other people like this guy running around. You know, I buy that, but they don't. The movie should have either been Lex Luthor versus Superman or Batman versus Superman, but it couldn't be both because you couldn't. Or Man of Steel too. Well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they try to be a bunch of different things. Right. Yeah. So that's the again, like we take it all the way back to the beginning, which is the main problem of the movie is just that the the structure and composition of the movie is just it, it's not well put together. Um, and, and in my opinion, I think that opinion is shared mm -hmm. by the people at the table. Um, you know, how much awesome you got out of it, that's a, I think that's a completely, that's a completely subjective experience, right? Um, and, and if you found this to be awesome and you loved it, that's great. Like, I, like, I think that's Absolutely. fantastic. It's a, there is it's awesome a spectacle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, and, and there are moments, too, where I was like, when I left that movie, I was definitely surprised that I, I liked it much more than I thought I was I was going to like it, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? Um, it still came out on, on the negative for me, but it was much less negative than I, I, I ever expected it to be. I still respect anyone who really enjoyed the living hell out of that movie. Mm. I hope that they show the same respect. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow morning <laughs> slash afternoon, yeah. uh, my phone is going to be dancing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Just a bummer about the the trailers, man. Yeah, trailers give away so much. They wow. give away so much. And they don't give away the death thing, obviously, which is the one thing they were like, we didn't give away everything, but like it's it, it gave away so much of what happens in the movie, like yeah. most of the big moments. Before we get out of here, can we just can we that that final last like nanosecond worth of footage where the the dirt starts oh, to come up? Magneto moving the yeah. species. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What in? He's what, alive. Okay. So he's growing inside. Superman can now move dirt. He always when he whenever he flies, the earth goes up with him. Yeah, okay, that he's was like shaking. Yeah. You know, okay, he's, I think he's just vibration. He's like moving inside the coffin. I think I'll, is, I'll is, take is it. what it is. Yeah, I'll um, take it. Yeah, uh, I think that that's definitely what what it was. Absolutely, sure. it's funny we barely even t we didn't even talk about the actual fight between the two of them. Um, even though I mean it lasts like ten minutes. Or, it's or, cool. It's a cool fight, but. Uh, Freddie and Jason fought longer than it's, Batman. It's yes, it's very true. Very, very true. Um, <laughs> I will say again that you talk about one last thing I want to say because I forgot I wanted to talk about this in my notes. I didn't talk about it. 
you talk about un- un- earned versus unearned. There's this moment at the beginning of that fight after he shoots him with the kryptonite grenade, right? And Which is so cool. It's a Visually, cool it was like... Pssst. Yeah, and a very Batman thing to do. And Superman goes to swing at him, and he stops him, right? And he... And, Again, this thing, Henry Cavill's a good actor. The facial expression uh, that he puts forth yeah. is great because uh, you, you, it, it, it becomes a moment even though they haven't earned the moment, right? And then and then uh, Batman says something to him, which is a very Batman thing to do, but again, isn't earned in this moment. He goes, you aren't brave. Men are brave. Yeah. And it's like a great moment, except there's never been a time where this Superman has ever claimed to be the bravest man in the world, yeah. has even has really shown tremendous bravery, or even they've even had a, they've never had a conversation about bravery. At and all. the people of Earth haven't been like Superman is the bravest. Yeah, yeah. There's right. a very disconnect between them. So it's like one thing that's not earned. Great moments that are unearned. I think is a big thing about this movie. Yeah. I have a problem with the line of if there's even a one percent chance. Yes, absolutely. Because and not to go on a whole political thing, but honestly, that form of thinking is so much of what's going on now in mm. the world yes. that if there's even a 1% chance that somebody could be a threat that we need to take yeah. them out. But this goes back to like the, the thing too. Like For Batman to say that is something so bold. Yes. And, and even like people that are going in and seeing this Batman for the first time should be like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's never taken back. Yeah, it's never addressed. It's yeah. never mm-hmm. it's never challenged. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the 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 like the if you just take the statement and you take all of the 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 knowledge that we mm. have of the character out of it and just that the fact that Batman is one of these these fear-mongering people that is saying that if there's even a 1% chance if there's even a 1% chance that you're going to leap over this table and stab me to death I need to leap over this table first and take you out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I like you. Yeah. I like you a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Took away my pen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I absolutely agree with you. Those are some of the main issues with the characterization of Batman throughout the whole thing, which I think we've talked about. And and we could have addressed that Mm. in this film. Let's just say we were talking before about the Senate scene. Yeah. And how badly Mm. that goes awry because of the way it ends. You get to start to discuss an issue and we'll blow stuff up. Mm. That comes now... You shorten this movie, move that a little deeper into the film, and now you can address Batman and Superman's problems in that yeah. section. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone whose character has an arc, Holly Hunter, Senator mm-hmm. Finch, in just a little bit, who now thinks of something differently. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, I, I need to understand why these characters are the way they are. And maybe they understand something as Superman stands there and explains the real Superman to her. Yeah redeems his character batman gets something out of it she does instead she gets a jar of pee yeah and gets <laughs> blown to smithereens yeah so that we can have a, a smoldering wreck of the capital yeah in an in a, an expensive cgi scene and a great yeah. congrats shot from cable yeah in terms of the reaction yes sorry, exactly. in terms of the reaction to it his best moment i think in the film but 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 again why yeah, yeah yeah i think that's a lot of what the movie is like it's a why thing you yeah. know and, and uh so yeah so i just i want to leave leave that off i think with there i think we, we're pretty good you know i, I think that to cap off i think the problem, the problem for me is just it's cynical the movie's cynical and, and man of steel was also cynical and i just for me personally that's not how i want to see the 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 greatest heroes and, and some of the you said about some of the greatest fictional yeah. characters of all time portrayed i i don't that's i don't want to I, I can deal with a little cynicality that's fine and i want i want to see batman be cynical and superman because that's the contrast yes but i don't but the whole overriding thing is like 
like this is the way the world is and like you know it's all bad and it's all shit and like this is what happens like that, that's not why i go to see these movies for and for me personally that's just it it leaves me feeling very cold yeah. to the movie I'll say this. I, you know, I don't want these to be Marvel movies. Mm. I have Marvel movies to be Marvel movies. Yeah. I don't like walking away from these movies feeling like I had no one to root for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That yeah. is that is my my core at the end of the day when I go to sleep, that is my biggest gripe with this universe that they're building is that so far I feel as if I have no one to root for that the most the thing that I'm the most excited for going forward is Suicide Squad, a band of villains <laughs> that look like they're having a grand old time being bad. These are uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of vibe. Right. I am so down for that. I am so down for a movie that looks like it's going to be fun. A movie that you you came out with this, in my in my opinion, a really awesome trailer set to one of the greatest songs ever made. <laughs> And you 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 synced it perfectly when the bullets drop. You hit you know like you hit the, those notes and everything, and just you sat down. and You said we're going to market this as a really good time, yeah. and I think there's maybe two jokes in this in this film. Not that it has to be jokey, but there's there was very little reason to smile until the last twenty five minutes. When Wonder Woman com comes in and just blows the roof off the theater, yeah, and and, yeah. and and people were you know, just like I finally was able to breathe and go, oh thank God, yeah, thank God that there was something in this movie that I that me personally that I could grasp onto and really celebrate and really walk away from it going like, damn that was cool, yeah, you know, and to have waited like twenty five years. To have walked out of it feeling extraordinarily indifferent is is disappointing to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I'm going to just read a couple of comic book quotes here yeah, to, to yeah. close it out. Nerd, awesome. I'm just very nerdy. <laughs> this is from this is from Batman Fifty. Okay, which yeah. which just passed, and I think anyone probably listening to this can agree that there's not many people in the world who have a better handle on the character of Batman than than Scott Snyder. And this is this is Gordon talking about Batman. He says he fights our nightmares to teach us to fight the real terrors by the light of day. He believes in us. That's the reason the power levels are going down. The seeds are coming out. It's why I'm here. Not because Batman can save us, but because he believes we can save ourselves. He's a superhero who sees in us the hero we can be. And through him, we're reminded that the places like Gotham, they're leaps of faith. That's one, that's one of the things. I loved that. that. Awesome. Yeah. That issue. That was, that was and I moment. do want to read this one thing. It's been going on a lot, but I think it's just a great, and sums up my feelings on this very, very well. But this is Mark Wade, Superman talking to Batman in Kingdom Come. He says, the deliberate taking of human, even superhuman life, goes against every belief I have and that you have. That's the one thing we've always had in common. It's what made us what we are. That's heavy, uh, man. Um, I hate to make this any longer than it already is, but do we have fan reactions? Um, not really. We had a couple, but uh, we'll okay. read them next week. We've been going for three hours here, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll, it's a mega show. We'll know? leave them for yeah. next week, but I promise next week we'll get to them, and when more come in, we'll, we'll get to them as well. Um, as well as the DC Rebirth stuff, we'll read that next week as, as well, we promise. So please keep them coming in. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here. This is, that was That's it. <laughs> you can tell to us personally. I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. 
Steve. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> at dead underscore anchorus. Joey. At Joey Burchina. Bob. Yeah, I'm at dead anchorus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forward him to you, Bob. Don't worry. Bob Ryer, talkingcomicbooks.com. That's funny. Um, I thought we did, it was pretty level. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. We'll see, <laughs> we'll how, see how everyone else thinks. We'll see how everyone else feels. Next week, more normal stuff. Next week, we're talking to Trina Robbins next week. Correct? Yes, we are. Um, yes, we are. Honest. Yeah, which that will be great. We'll talk to Trina Robbins next week. Um, get back to more regular comic book chatter. Um, but yeah, so give us your, your thoughts on Batman vs. Superman. Dumb Justice, give us your thoughts on DC Rebirth. Let us know what you think. Um, and. Uh, but until we get those reactions, until we come back next week, that's going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast. For Steve. I still love you. Bob. Up, up, and away. And Joey. Adios. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics. To be continued.